And, and oh my gosh, that gravy. Are we making you all hungry yet? I hope so. Oh, yes. Go pull. So, so here's what you all do. Here's the plan of action. You know, for the next three, four hours, go pull out all those turkey leftovers from your fridge. Make yourself a plate. And then, you know, sit down, tuck in, and make sure the phone's at hand, because when we open up the phone lines, you know, you definitely want to get in on this conversation. Yeah, we want to hear your Thanksgiving stories. Yeah, That's just don't right. eat too much turkey, though, man. That tryptophan <laughs> hits hard. <laughs> we just had some leftovers before we started the show. Yes, we, we brought our own turkey leftovers, and oh, yeah. <laughs> we are good to go. <laughs> So we're going to start off with talking about Thanksgiving. We're going to talk about, you can talk about what you did for Thanksgiving. You can talk about your favorite dish you made for Thanksgiving. Um, We're going to talk about Thanksgiving is about thankfulness. And we're going to talk about what we're thankful for this year. Now, despite everything the governor is trying to do to us. That's right. There are still things that are probably unintended side effects of her treachery that are good <clears throat> yeah exactly not not everything to come out of this is bad and that's that's the other thing too is life is neither all good nor all bad just like humans <clears throat> are not completely good or completely bad we we have the capability for good and evil you know runs through all humans and the capability to find good things or to be to find harmful or bad things in life is also equally available no matter what is going on. One thing that I have found that's important in life is if you think that, if you ever think, oh, I've got it so bad, Uh, there's so many things wrong in my life, if you think about all the things that you do have and focus on that and appreciate those things, because believe me, there is always somebody that has it way worse than you do. And the country we live in, I, would, I believe, is one of the best countries in the world you could possibly live in. There are people in other countries that don't even know where their next meal is. They live, literally don't have a home to live in. And there are so many basic things that we have in this country that so many people take for granted. You know, yeah. yeah, well, like me personally, it's like um, I have work, enough work to keep me busy to where I'm paying my bills. Mm-hmm. I have a car that runs good. I have a, a home that is warm inside, and I have a roof over my head. And a really, really cool karaoke system. I do have Just that. Just gotta say. Yes. Yes. That, yes. That's, a, that's a huge blessing. That's like Which we of, took advantage of last night. We did. So... It's like, yeah, my house isn't big, but I like it. It's my home. It's a roof over your head. It's a roof over my head. You have to appreciate what you have and not focus on what you don't have. Because as soon as you start focusing on what you don't have, you can make yourself so, so miserable. Now, does that necessarily mean that you accept things that are bad in life or that you accept things like, for example, in the current uh, situation both politically and economically you know do, do we accept our rights being infringed upon no but it doesn't mean also that you need to harp on that on a daily basis to the point where you're miserable yeah. we, we can affect change and we can decide what we do or do not want in our life without being miserable about it and and the key mm-hmm. to that I think is decision making 
So, you know, in our family, our family, we really, really love the holidays. And we really love to get together and, you know, do cooking and decorating and you know, gift giving, wrapping presents around Christmas time. We're so looking forward to that. So for for us and our family, a, lo- a lot of the things that our traditions center around is people. And so the thing is that we're the most thankful for this season is people. Yeah. And and I think that there was that there was a point in time on Thursday Thanksgiving morning where this actually became really apparent to my children because normally we love to watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and as you all know it was reimagined for the COVID era so I I turned on well I went to YouTube and and turned it on and there was the Verizon coverage of it which was reimagined meaning they sometimes added little extras using computer graphics and they had dubbed over this great music and there was this reporter or an MC in a mask who who was really trying very hard to keep up the energy and I'm sure that was her job and talk to the some of the few people manning the floats who were there but then there was this other feed on YouTube that was available that gave you kind of like a bird's eye view from a few buildings away and it showed just how pathetic this faux sham parade was. The streets were empty. They were blocked off for many blocks around, kind of like they usually are each year, except this time the purpose wasn't to keep cars away from foot traffic. It was to keep everybody away from the parade site. Who the heck throws a parade with no intention of letting people come to see it? Well, apparently New York does now. At one point on that live feed, Mm -hmm. all you could hear was the generators running to power (laughs) the trailers for For the the cameras cameras. that were showing you nothing. Yeah, they had a bank of trailers across from Macy's, and that's where all the cameras were. So, you know, all the cameras and camera crews could social distance. And, of course, it was cold. So they had that bank of trailers, and yeah, you could just hear the hum of generators from several blocks away from this high building. You could hear just the hum of generators and no music. Wow. The the only music really piped in was via people's earbuds, and then the um, you know the, the on the live Verizon feed they added and dubbed over the music. And yes, there were some performers, and there were some people there, but they were all, of course, over six feet apart, and. The the float managers that were on, I could tell they were on skeleton crews, but it was so sad. And then they did something, and I understand why they did this, but it was, I think, a mistake. They showed a few clips of the parade from last year, from 2019, the Macy's Day Parade. And I understand why they did it, because, you know, in order to keep up energy and to keep people interested and watching, you have to show a whole variety of things and there just really wasn't that much going on. They, they needed time to switch out between floats so that the float could basically come over onto the green carpet, stop there, have their photo op moment with the videos and, and the cameras and everything before they then moved on. So they show this clip from 2019, and my children were watching it. And my eldest says, Mom, look at all the people. Isn't it wonderful 
Yeah, she could care less what the balloons were like or the floats. And, you know, the, the little ones were kind of impressed with some of the balloons. But the main thing that my children latched on to was, wow, so many people. Are they there right now? Like, no, sweetheart. That was video from last year. And then, of course, Verizon pops back on over to this year. And when my other children says, where's all the people, Mommy? And that was just a moment for me where my heart went, oh, the juxtaposition between last year when we were free to yep. gather, free to have fun, free to celebrate holidays in whatever way we saw fit. And now when they are giving us a, a sad shadow of what used to be and saying, here, be happy with this. No, I'm sorry. We're not happy with it's, that. <coughs> it's heartbreaking. It was and, very heartbreaking. You and, know, apparently last year the First Amendment still existed and now it no longer exists. Yeah, and our right to peaceably assemble. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I am in, while I am, yes, I am intensely grateful for my family. I am also grateful that in many ways that my children are seeing that something is very wrong and that something is very different and they're starting to be able to see that different doesn't always mean good. And and hopefully we can raise them so that they always err on the side of freedom, both allowing you know, freedom in their own personal choices, but also allowing freedom in others' mm-hmm. choices and taking that into account as well. So we're we're still we're still gonna have our our holiday celebration centering around family and people and friends and love and, and just gathering and being together, not being apart. That is what I am thankful for. Right. And, you know, that's the one point I wanted to make It's that you mentioned that is the one thing that has made, one thing I'm thankful for that has made this year really good for me mm-hmm. is, you know, you know, you know me personally, you know I've had some heartbreaking situations in right. my own personal life, but um, this year, but... The one thing that has made this year really, really great is as a result of all this awfulness that the governor has brought down on us, I met you, I met your family, mm-hmm. I met all the other people that I met going to these rallies, and I've become friends with so many of them. I, I, you know, now I'll go to like a rally, and it's like everybody knows me. I've got to it's know. like a all family of, reunion. It is, like a family <laughs> reunion. And so people that I know, people that are in my life, they've become my extended family, mm-hmm. and it's like, I I don't know, up until this year, it's like I had hardly any friends. And it's like suddenly now I have so many because yes. we've been brought together. And it's really, really great. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. And yeah, it, it, we, we've been so incredibly blessed this year um, and also blessed through the people who listen to us, whether you started listening to us on and watching us on Facebook, on our live streams or here on the radio. We get blessed by you all every single day uh, that we're that we're on and that we hear from you. We get your emails, we get your Facebook messages, text messages, um, yeah. and we. Oh man, I, I can't tell you how much it actually encourages us to hear from you all. So you know, don't stop. No. We're, we're here for you all anyway. Absolutely. And by the way. We're going to open up the phone lines, and if yeah, you want to call in, in and join in the conversation, <clears throat> tell us your thoughts on this, 
505-266-1600. That's 505-266-1600. Let us know, you know, what what your favorite part of Thanksgiving was or what you missed or what your favorite Thanksgiving tradition is or your favorite food. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So we we love it all, and we love the turkey talk. So yeah, yeah. gobble gobble gobble. Uh, you do it better than I do. <laughs> gobble gobble. <laughs> there you go. There, there was a guy. To, I live in the East Mountains, so there was a guy out there. Um, they don't appear to be there anymore, but he was raising turkeys for a while. Oh yeah. And I would hear them. Gobble gobble gobble. That's the kind of sound they make. You know? Did you know that turkeys can drown themselves? Really? Yeah. If it's raining. Yeah, they'll look up at the sky to see where it's coming from, and and their mouths open up, and they'll they'll just get, sometimes keep looking up until they drown. Wow. Yeah, they're that stupid. Well, I guess that saves you the <laughs> trouble of uh, right. It's like okay, rainstorm. Like, okay, this one's ready. <laughs> yeah, well, let's just go out and take our pick of drowned turkeys. Okay, yeah, well, wait, way to go. Yeah, that's what we really need before Thanksgiving is a few good rainstorms. Yeah, I guess so. And, and yeah. you go out and take your pick of the wild turkeys. <laughs> oh, my God. So, you know, another thing that I have noticed this year is a spiritual awakening that mm-hmm. seems to be happening. Yeah, an awareness, especially, um, even if not spiritual, especially politically, definitely. Yeah. There's been awakening and an awareness of what's going on with current events. And people are starting to look deeper. They're, they're starting to look past the mainstream media and starting to say, to question, really, what's real? What's going on? And not taking the mainstream media's word for it. Yeah. Hey, looks like we got a caller in the oh, Kiva. Wonderful. All right, caller, you're on the Kiva. Go ahead. Caller, go ahead. Who do we have on the phone? This is Mark. Oh, Mark! hey, Mark. Wait, is it that Mark? It is. It's that Mark. Awesome. It is that Mark. Oh, how are you, Mark? I just wanted to tell you what I was thankful for on Thanksgiving. Oh. At first, I was thankful for all of the good friends that came over and uh, and all the children that seemed to be living through all this mess. Yeah. And I was thankful for a really great meal and... Uh, then at the end of the evening, I was thankful everyone went home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got kind of noisy there, huh? <laughs> After a while, yes. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, it was very. We were very definitely very thankful for some of your stories and jokes. No matter how many times you tell them. Trust me, if you live with Mark, you've heard as many stories as he has to tell. I have heard each one of them several times. Uh, and that's a lot of stories. So yes, he's, he's full of stories. Well, yeah. Mark, have you got any, uh, any radio-friendly jokes that you can tell? You can share now? Emphasis oh. on radio-friendly. <laughs> yeah, n- nothing I've got that wouldn't be bleeped. Oh, okay. oh darn. So, oh, come on. you got a few, Mark. Tell the story no, about I... the three-legged pig. Everybody will love that one. Oh, my God. Do you think I really should? Oh, go for it. It'll offend a few people, but that'll just make it even better. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. You pee to people yeah, out there a... right now, you might want to put your hands over your ears. Oh, yeah. 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 Disclaimer. PETA. Mm, you know, uh-huh. Yeah. Just go do something else. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. There, there was a man driving out through the country when he came past a 
farmyard and he saw a pig with an artificial leg. And he said to himself, you know, I got to find out what's behind that. So he pulls into the farmyard and he goes to the farmer and he says, what's the deal with the pig that has the wooden leg? And the farmer says, well, sir, that there is a very special pig. A couple of months ago, me and the, and the wife and the little one were asleep in the farmhouse, and the farmhouse caught fire. That there pig, he knocked down the screen door, came through, woke us up, and grabbed the little one and dragged the little one to safety. The man says, wow, yeah, that would be a very special pig, all right, but how did he lose his leg? And the farmer says, mister, a pig that special... You don't eat all at once. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Doesn't, Mark. Doesn't PETA mean people eating tasty animals? Uh, okay, yeah, I, I don't know what's more offensive now. That comment or the story. Maybe we'll just slap them together and call it good. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> Thank you for Well, <laughs> I'm going to remember that uh, one. <laughs> my mother always said, if you can't say something nice, be vicious. Oh, oh my gosh, I love it. Uh, I love I it. Think was, I, I think she was, was uh, prophesying the governor. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, thank you so much for the call, Mark, and the story. Yeah, right. that, 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 oh, man. Um, I'm gonna have to tell my kids that. That's one of these a good days. story. I. It's like either when you tell that story to somebody, they laugh or they have a horrified look on their face. One of the two. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll see. I don't know. One one of yeah. my kiddos really really likes pigs. So yeah. Let Let's see what he makes that of that story. Yeah. Mm. I like them yeah. too. They're great with my eggs. Absolutely. Uh, and the green beans. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't. And the green beans. The green Sorry. beans. Yes. Pig with green beans. Mmm. <laughs> So it's hey, yummy. this is this is New Mexico. They're good with red chili, green and green chili. chili. Yeah, or there you Christmas. go. Papas. There you go. They're great with papas. Yeah, frijoles. Oh, we can go the whole nine yards on this one. So hey, let's give the number one more time: five zero five two six six sixteen hundred. If you want to join the conversation, we would love to hear from you. Yeah, we're starting off on kind of a lighter-hearted note. Yeah, you trust know, me, we're going to get into the less light-hearted stuff yeah. in a little bit. But we're just kind of easing into it today yeah we want to let you all kind of have a nice good reminiscing feeling about your thanksgiving meal and we hope you did we hope everyone had a great thanksgiving however you spent it um unfortunately thanksgiving is actually one of the times of the year when depression skyrockets yeah and and i looked into it once a few years ago because i heard about that also, that suicide hotline's got more, I think it was more traffic on Thanksgiving than any other holiday of the year. And a lot of that has to do with the fact of sometimes people aren't able to be with their families. And when you've grown up, you know, with family, or, you know, traditions around family and Thanksgiving, and you don't have that anymore, or if you see other people having those great traditions, but you've never had it or experienced mm-hmm. it, um, yeah, d- depression tends to skyrocket, and especially this year when now you have states and governors that are saying, don't go to your family Thanksgiving. Don't um, go celebrate with friends and family. 
stay alone, or what was it that that idiot uh, anchor said? Stay home. Eat all the mashed potatoes by yourself and the cranberries. That's oh, what fun. I'm going to do. How fun that is, yes. I'm like, yeah, I bet you're not. But if you do, do I get to call you fat afterwards? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, it's not that fun to eat all the all the mashed potatoes holidays, by yourself. Holidays are hard for people, That a lot of people, that um, it makes them think more about if they live alone, it makes them think more about mm-hmm. it. So that's why I always suggest that if you know somebody that you think is going to be alone for the holiday, invite them over. Yes. Think about if you were in that in that place. Invite them over. You know, let them hang out with friends for a while. Let them enjoy the activities and realize that they're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody yeah. nobody wants to be alone. The holiday season should be a time for giving. It should be a time for sharing, and for reaching out. Yeah. Reach, reach yeah, out reach to people. Out. Um, it was it wasn't around Thanksgiving, but I do remember a long time ago. I I decided to sh- uh, what was it Valentine's Day? That's what it was. <laughs> I decided to throw a big shindig for Valentine's Day because I was you know single at the time, and I'm like you know I know a lot of friends who are single and they don't have dates and they're going to be alone on Valentine's Day. How sad is that? So I threw a Valentine's party and the key is you couldn't come to the party if you had a significant other and at the time john and i were just friends so of course he was invited so you had people coming alone Mm. and then leaving together no no not really (laughs) but man we had a good time and my and one of my friends made excellent mojitos and then um, um, for those who know me, I'm a lightweight. So yeah, I think about my third mojito. Jo- it went, it disappeared, and I found out way later that that's because Jaybird took it from me because he thought I'd had too much to drink, and then I got mad at him. <laughs> well, you know, to be fair, when you're laying on the floor looking up at the ceiling and you're laughing and giggling and you're saying, "I can't lift my head," I think you might have had too much. And you know who agrees with me? Oh, boy. Your best friend agreed with me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. At the time. Okay, well, we still argue about that one to this day. But anyway, point being, there, we, I was in a sort of sad situation at the time myself, and I knew a lot of other people who were going to be alone and were like, you know what, let's just get together. Let's not be alone. Yeah. Let's not be alone on this holiday. Let's go ahead and... Not to support each other, but support each other by having fun together. And it was. And to this day, it was... It's still one of my best memories around that time of my life. And I've also more than replaced that mojito for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of stuck <laughs> with Jaybird now to this day. But hey. anyway, I wanted to mention, too, uh, you talked about the, the New Mexico crisis and access line. I just want to give that real quick here. Um, yes, thank you. It's uh, 855-662-7474, and that's 855-662-7474. Um, and of course, you know, if you're in a, in a life-threatening emergency, please dial 911. Absolutely. And so this is called the Life Crisis? Uh, no, New Mexico a- Crisis and Access Line. Ah, New Mexico Crisis and Access Line. That That is a great number to have. Give me that number one more time, Jaybird. Uh, 855-662-7474. And of course, it's a toll-free number. There's no charge. Yep. Um, you you don't you don't have to pay anything, and they they are definitely there to help. 
Yes, thank you so much for that. Yeah, I'm definitely going to include that number in our annotated notes. So when you go to later to rockoftalk.chat and you see the Liberty Ladies Unite show for today, November 28th, um, you know, we'll have the full annotated notes and I will have that number in there. Please give that out to someone, anyone that you think that might need that, might need the extra help. And also keep in mind that calling a helpline or a crisis line still doesn't replace reaching out and talking to someone, talking to a friend, talking to a family member, that you can actually be that person who helps someone through a tough time just by calling or even texting and saying, hey, how are you? How are you? How are you doing? I haven't heard from you in a while. There's nothing like having a friend that you trust that you can call and talk to about anything. Mm. Yeah. 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 So... So, so reach out during this time and reach out and touch, touch someone. someone. Yeah, right. yeah, proverbially, or hey, if they're open to it physically, because you know, uh, contrary to uh, <laughs> popularized medical opinion, which I still take issue with, um, we shouldn't touch each other. Yeah, that's a load of bunk. Yeah, we are humans. We are creatures. No man is an island or woman, for that matter, and we all need touch in some shape or form in order to be healthy and happy and be reaffirmed that we are loved and that that people care about us and we did some hugging last night too yes yes. yeah we did we did an awful lot of that and um it's um Especially when my kids are around, you know, that they're always running up to people. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They had so much fun last night. They did. And they were loving the karaoke, too. Oh, yeah. They they were dancing up a storm. It was beautiful. (laughs) It was beautiful. (laughs) Hey, by the way, Jaybird, remember how you made a comment the other day about singing? Remember that one? Oh, how could I forget? Uh I think I've been reminded. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Okay, so... So what I said was, um, we were talking about singing, and I made a joke about, well, one of us can sing at least. While I am, I stand corrected, there are two of us here who can sing, and I'm not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but you try. Yes, you, you try. Do, you do try. You know what? I, I it's all about that. having fun. Absolutely. That's if right. I was there to get paid... Um, <laughs> I'd have to give your money back. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Well, on to a different mode of having fun. Because, yes, as, my, as as heavy sometimes as the conver- get, conversation gets here for Liberty Ladies Unite, Rebecca and I do have fun with this. We have fun with researching and pointing. My, me personally, I love pointing out hypocrisies mm-hmm. and finding evidence to bag up our viewpoints. So... What is the next fun subject for us to get into? Well, you know, we've been threatening to talk about Saul Alinsky and the rules of oh, radicals yes. for a couple of weeks. And it, it just always just tends to everything else just takes up the whole time. So why don't we talk about it? Because I did a little bit of research on this. I did some reading. And so often, even on shows like Sean Hannity, you hear him demonizing Saul Alinsky yes. as a person. And it's like... So this is an example of something that Natalie and I talk about pretty often about doing research and not and not just taking what you hear as fact. Um, 
because often people make statements that are not based on any actual research they've done themselves. Right. They uh, maybe scratch the surface and then they and then they say something and it's really it doesn't come out the way it really is. So I did a little bit of research. First of all, I did a little bit of research about Saul Alinsky, the himself, person. Himself, yes. Yeah, and found out he was a well-educated person, very well-educated. Mm-hmm. And he, basically what he was doing is he came up with ideas to help the little guy that was getting trampled on by the government and the big corporations to help the little guy fight back when the little guy had limited resources. Yeah, he was basically a community mm-hmm. activist. And, and some people hey, say he's we're a politi- activist, right? right. Yes. yes. Some people also call him a political theorist. I think he kind of saw what was going on in the world, both from a historical basis and present, his present at the time. And he wanted to speak out about it, and he wanted to educate people so that they didn't have to become sheep. Because the best way to prevent someone from becoming enslaved is to educate them. Yep. That's the best way. So he acted, as much as people say, oh, well, he was really outlining how to keep people oppressed, uh, and sometimes he gets a bad rap for that, and, well, it was kind of tongue-in-cheek. Mm-hmm. Tongue and he really, really wanted people to be educated, open their eyes about how they were being manipulated so that they could then make their own choices out of that. He didn't want to manipulate people. He wanted to make people see how they were being manipulated. Right. And uh, he, according to the research I did, he organized poor working people in Chicago uh-huh. and other cities and addressed countercultural and civil rights activists nationwide. Yeah. And... People refer to Machiavelli, and you, you've done some research on Machiavelli, mm-hmm. and, you and uh, you and I were talking about this this morning. Why don't you talk a little bit about Machiavelli? So Ma- Machiavelli um, is often accused of basically writing the rule book by which the aristocrat- aristocracy and the people in power could maintain power. And, 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 of course, you know, who, who knows? It, he was born in the 14, late 1400s. He died in the 1500s in Florence, in Italy. And, and who really knows? We, you know, no, no one was really able to get him on the record in his own words. Why did you, you know, write the, the prince and this and that and, and what have you? But my personal theory about Machiavelli is... You know, back then, if you were an artist, if you were a writer, you had patrons. And patrons were the rich aristocrats, usually, who paid you to write stuff to amuse them or to dance or to sing or what have you. So, you know, he, he kind of had to come up with something for his patrons. But I have long suspected that Niccolo di Bernardo de Machiavelli was actually... You say that really good, by the way. Oh, thank you. I, I had a little bit of training in Italian back way back in the day, and I really love that name. Uh, but he, I kind of suspect that him writing The Prince, that there was actually an element to it by which he was almost exposing his patrons. He was exposing the patron class, exposing the elites and the aristocrats. And nowadays, you know, oftentimes the word, oh, that's very Machiavellian of you. 
um, as far as referring to someone being manipulating, having ulterior motives. And really what Machiavelli was doing was exposing it. I don't think they thought of ter- in terms of exposure the way we do nowadays. But I almost think that from reading his, some of his stuff, and I've read st- his stuff since I was a teenager, that he, you know, he had to, he, he was caught in a point where he had to write something, and he had to do something for whatever patrons or, or you know, whatever part of society he played his role in. But at the same time, I think he was kind of digging at them in a way that only he understood, that at that time they didn't always have uh, the same understanding of satire and sarcasm that we do today as we see portrayed every day through the mainstream media. I mean, their mainstream media decides to make digs at one side instead of another. And for us, it's terribly obvious. But back then, I I think Machiavelli had sort of an advanced understanding of how to expose, quote, you know, show the underwear of the upper class and elite and the power mongers without actually... uh, letting them know that he was doing it. But anyway, that that's long been my take on Machiavelli. But back to Saul Alinsky. So, so Saul Alinsky is one of those people who put it out there himself that it, he wasn't writing the, bo- the book, The Twelve Rules for Radicals, for the power class. He wasn't writing it for the people who were greedy and wanted power and affluence. He was writing it for the people. But what has happened, and this is something I want to talk about that I want to point out as we go through this, is that it would appear, and as, as we go through each one of the rules that he came up with, it's going, I'm going to explain why it's becoming so obvious that the rich and powerful are actually weaponizing. They're co-opting these things that yes. Saul Alinsky came up with and using them against the little guy and using them against... Those of us that are out there that are not rich and powerful and in the political class, and they're using it, using these tactics against us. Yes. And I want to point this out so that you can all realize what's going on. And Natalie and I's goal, part of our goal of doing all this, is to wake everybody up so that they can see what is going on and to be able to realize you need to push back. Mm. Yeah, and I don't think it is so much that uh, Democrats or not even Democrats really. It really goes for anyone who wants to be in a position of power mm-hmm. for power's sake. I don't think they necessarily stole these ideas from Alinsky because remember that Saul Alinsky wrote these as a commentary on how people get manipulated by those in power anyway. So it's that these things, these principles have existed for a long time, you know, at least since Machiavelli, at least. And Sololinsky decided to reframe them and put them out so that people could realize how they're being manipulated. So you can use these things to turn their push own... Push back. Yeah, exactly. push, push back. Turn, turn it, it around. Them. And there was a statement here that was made in this article, which I think is, is applicable to what you just said. It says here, while Alinsky talked tough in an honest Chicago way, he mm-hmm. did not recommend violence in his manual. In the, in the prologue, he nope. denounces parts of the far left who have gone so far in the political circle that they are now all but indistinguishable from the extreme extreme right. And I've been saying that for a long time. 
I fear extreme right as much as I do extreme left. Yes. They're both bad. Extreme in, ev- in either direction is not good. You know, and, and, and extreme, I, so I have a different way of thinking of this. People often like to argue with me that, oh, well, you know, socialism, um, you know, socialism's good. Yeah, communism is to the left, but, you know, there's authoritarianism on the right, too. And I'm like, excuse me? Uh huh. What? And, and and so we have these arguments, and it comes. It becomes very apparent that we're not really talking about. We, we're not using the same metric by which to delineate and look at uh, both economics and politics, especially. So my my whole thing is, if one is conservative, then one wishes to conserve that which is good and even though you are open to change and you are open to rooting out bad things in your life or in politics or in economics social social settings as well you are not willing to get rid of all that is good you would rather be patient and slowly separate the bad from the good separate the bad habits from the good habits basically don't throw the baby out with the bathwater the opposite end of the spectrum is radicalism. Radicalism says if one thing about this system is bad, the whole thing is bad, burn it all down, build it again from the ground up. And I really think that... Funny how Biden's saying is build back better. He's actually using that. Yeah. So there's, there's a misconception when people talk about right versus left and they're like well there are right wingers that are radical and there are left wingers that are that are more moderate or conservative and that is a huge misnomer because if you are conservative in your view of the world how you approach your life how you run your own life and then how you you know prefer that politicians or government would run things you cannot be radical the two cannot coexist it, for me, really, the true political spectrum is conservative on one end, radical on the other. And right and left makes absolutely no difference. Democrat-Republican, for the most part, makes no difference. The only reason that there is a delineation between the two is that most conservatives tend to be on the Republican side. Most radicals tend to be on the Democrat that's side. A good, that's, a good, that's a good viewpoint. Yeah, I like it, that. It, it, is, it is seriously, people, it is not about Democrat versus Republican. It's not. It's not about le- left versus right. And I'm sorry, people like to paint certain groups as, oh, well, they're, they're right-wing radicals and terrorists, especially since Antifa got mm-hmm. labeled a domestic terrorist organization. Um, and so I'm like, no, I'm sorry, you, you don't get to conflate conservatives with radicals. And that is what the left always does. They take terminology and they turn it on its head they twist its meaning and then they feed it back to you and shove it in your face and say yeah this is how you're supposed to think of things and this mm. is the correct terminology well, trying, to use. trying to believe things like up is down and down is up and things like that and when you talk about for instance like on these news reports where you see these violent protesters out burning down people's businesses, looting stores, assaulting people. This is not being done by conservatives. Yeah. This is not something that conservatives do. Conservatives, what we do is we try to work within the constraints of 
moral what is morally right yeah, for starters. Yeah, we, we do want a more moral world. We, well, yeah. At the very least, we want everyone to have the freedom to act within their own morality and ethics. We mm-hmm. want everyone to, ter- to be able to determine that so that they are not forced to violate their conscience by any government entity. Yeah. And we realized, and I think our forefathers realized, that everyone is going to have differences and disagreements. That's why they set up the court and judicial system. The court system is basically there to arbitrate disagreements between people so that they don't have to fight, so that we don't resort to violence. By the way, way, let's get the number out again now that we're on another topic. 505-266-1600 if you want to call in and talk to us. And yeah, if you have any questions about Solovinsky, you know, we might have some answers. And we're, and we're going to go here through some of his 12 rules for radicals because they are especially important for what we are going through today. Absolutely. And when we go through each one, e- either when I read it off, it's going to say, oh, my God, I can see that. So let's start with number one. Mm-hmm. Power is not only what you have, but what the enemy thinks you have. Power, and this is what I highlighted here, power is derived from two main sources, money and people. Yes. Have-nots must build power from flesh and blood. Now, what does that mean to me? Okay, when it says have-nots must build power from flesh and blood. Okay, have-nots don't have money or power. Right. So ultimately, you have to, if you want to have more influence in life, you need more money. Money helps. And you need to be for people to know you who you are. You need to be influential. Influential. And so what that involves is number 1, hard work. Mm-hmm. You got to get out. You've got to learn things, you got to educate yourself, you've got to find learn a, a way. trade, learn, learn a some, trade, learn to make something valuable or a service, mm-hmm. provide a service that's valuable, and then you have to make connections so that people will know who you are. You have to build relationships. Like what what you and I have done over the past several months. Yeah. So many people know us now that didn't know us before. And wow, what do you know? Now we're doing a radio show. So. I know. So, but you know, but it takes work. It takes work every single yeah. week for us. But the the have-nots, and this is the interesting perspective on this. this is what I find interesting. If you think about the government, any government, by the way, and this applies across the globe, not just the United States. What goods does the government create? What services, really, like essential services, and I'm not talking about the social services, because, by the way, many of those social services are also contracted out to mm-hmm. they are. private companies yeah. that can provide things, like uh, think about Healthcare? Or do, do you think that the government builds these hospitals? The government really? doesn't do any of this stuff. Like you'll often hear where they'll say government scientists have done this or that or the other thing. Well, no. Government, there are no government scientists. There are private companies which contract to the government. Yes. Okay, so, <clears throat> but they're private companies and they have employees working for these private companies and, and they, they get need, paid exactly. by the government and they get paid they get contracts with the government it's like what did, did the government create do they create anything on par with iPhones do they create any kind of food uh stuffs you know think about it 
what services and goods that are necessary to survival, absolute needs, does the government actually provide? And I know there's going to be some idiots out there who say, well, they can give poor people money and they can help redistribute the wealth. Okay, did the gov- my question then is, did the government earn that money? Did they earn the money that they give out? And if you are intellectually honest in any way, shape, or form, the answer has to be no. Yeah. What does the government do to earn anything? The government produces nothing. 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 The government has no wealth. The government has no... They don't hold on to anything necessarily of value. Technically, I mean, technically, I know some people argue, oh, the federal government has lots of land. I mean, ah, technically, yeah. that's the possession of the people. Yeah. But especially because, in America. Because we, the people, are the government. Right. Well, we elect the government. The government's supposed to be of the people, for the people, by the people, etc. So the government does not have anything. They only govern at the will of the governed. We're supposed to vote them in office. We're supposed to basically hire and fire them. So so here, circling back to this one point by Paul Alinsky, it's very powerful. Power is not only what you have, but what your enemy thinks you have. Mm-hmm. Per the Constitution, both the United States Constitution and the New Mexico Constitution, does our mad governess have the power to shut our businesses down, to determine at what capacity our businesses can operate, our churches or synagogues or mosques or whatever can operate. Does she have the power to violate our First Amendment rights, our Fourth Amendment rights, uh, I believe Fifth, Eighth, argument can be made for Ninth and Fourteenth Amendment rights as far as telling us what we can or cannot wear on our Faces. Mm-hmm. Does she actually have that power? And again, if you know anything about the Constitution, and this has been reaffirmed lately by um, legislators in different states, as well as some congressmen in the U.S. Congress, and also has been affirmed in some courts that just because there is a public health emergency does not mean that the New Mexico or the U.S. Constitution gets suspended. Nope. So the answer is that no, our governess does not have the type of power that she is wielding and claiming, and yet she's wielding it. She only has that power because people are giving it to her. People think, and here's the again, people think that she has the power. Other other states where governors have made these draconian lockdown measures that are completely unconstitutional and mandates of all kinds, including mask mandates, that are completely unconstitutional and therefore unlawful, people think that a governor can make a mandate. People think that that mandate has the weight of law. People think that now they have to obey said unconstitutional mandate. Therefore, those governors, those mayors, have power. It is what you think. 
about the people who are over you often gives them power. And the crazy thing is they don't have this power. They They are not. not entitled to this power. But because a majority of our population thinks that they do, oh, look, they have it. And this is what I firmly believe Saul Alinsky was getting at, is if you are oppressed, you might have to look at what part you take in your own oppression. And I think that's why that was the first thing in his book. That was his first rule for radicals that he outlined, because by God, it is the most important one. Those who wield power over us only wield that power because we allow it. And guess what? If we don't want to allow it anymore, we don't. We don't have to, and we simply don't you allow know, it. That reminds me of a class that I took when I went to college. And it, I can't remember which class it was exactly, but they were talking about the ways in which you can lead people in which you can get people to follow you, Mm -hmm. which was very helpful because two of the things I remember uh, off the top of my head was you can lead through uh, threatening people, Mm -hmm. making them afraid of you. It's it's not a good way to lead people because people are not going to respect you. They're simply going to be afraid of you. So what this governor is doing is she's leading through fear. She's got people afraid um, at some point, I'm hoping that everybody's going to get tired of that. The proper way to lead people is to do it through respect. To and where, representation, which right. is why we have a representative government, for the most part, where we choose them because it's supposed to represent the people. The best way to lead people is to provide them with the information, uh, let them realize that, hey, I know what I'm doing, and and... They're going to give you give you that power to do things because they right. trust you. Okay, this this governor, I neither trust her, I don't respect her, and she is destroying people's lives and really scaring people. And you know, we were talking about the Thanksgiving holiday just a few minutes ago, mm-hmm. and um, I'm not going to I'm not going to mention who this is exactly, but uh, somebody I know. Somebody I know really well. It's probably listening to me right now. I'm going to use this. Somebody in the family that knew somebody that knew somebody else that tested positive for COVID. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, this is what this is the kind of fear that they've put in people. And this will never go away unless you finally decide, hey, I'm just going to live my life. But basically, since this person that knew this other person that knew this other person that tested positive for COVID, it went on right on down the line, and the entire family, multiple families, canceled Thanksgiving because mm-hmm. they were afraid, oh, well, I got COVID from that person, from that person, from that person, and so now everybody's in danger. Oh. <clears throat> so they canceled all their Thanksgiving plans. Okay, so this is the sort of thing that, they want to do. They want to have everybody scared like this. Okay, look at the facts on this. Over 99.9% of people that contract COVID, and that's if you actually contract it at all, over 99.9% of those people recover just fine. Mm 
Right, especially if you're under 80 years <clears throat> old. Yeah, so why are you living in fear? Okay, so what? I caught COVID. Big deal. Okay, we've never been afraid of the flu in past years. People catch the flu all the time, and and most of them do just fine. And yeah, a few of them don't do just fine, but... And we those, never stop living our lives. And those that don't do terribly well, especially those that are immune compromised and immune suppressed, you know, don't get us wrong. We're we're not saying everyone's going to get over this. Obviously, um, we both know people who are immune compromised and are used to being super cautious, quarantining themselves if necessary, and taking extra precautions to guard their safety and well-being as is their freedom and constitutional right. So don't let anyone tell you that just because you're, you're against the lockdown or mask wearing that, oh, that means you, you hate people. You want grandma to die. Well, I'm sorry. Oh my my God, own grandmother takes, still takes care of herself. And my own grandmother will, gosh darn it, she, she will make her own decisions for her and her life. And I'm not going to tell her to do otherwise. That's her choice. Should yeah, in this country it should be your choice. But okay. me and my family, uh well, a you know already had it, uh, been there, done that, yep. got the antibodies, and we are well with well under the age range for being at super high risk for this. So you know what we we have the right to continue to exercise our freedoms, live our life, yep. go to work, um, school, family, friends etc. And if some of our friends are like, no, no, we're still quarantining. Okay, that's fine. We're not pushing ourselves. You can do that if you want to. That's fine. Yeah. I, I, I don't necessarily always agree with where my friends are coming from on things, but I will respect mm-hmm. their decisions because ultimately, at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. A healthy government respects the freedoms and decisions of the people. Yeah. They respect the fact that the people have the right to make their own decisions. However, an authoritarian government says, "Oh, you all don't don't really know enough about the situation. Let us make those decisions for you. Oh, you all can't really keep yourselves sufficiently safe. Let us keep you safe." And before you know it, all of your freedoms have been stripped away in the name of safety. False mm-hmm. safety. False security. As Ben Franklin said, those who would trade their freedoms for security deserve neither. See, you know how uh, our governor and actually a lot of governors around the country seem to be wanting to keep us apart keep us from gathering, keep us from organizing, mm-hmm. keep us from talking to each other, keeping from us from seeing each other's face, which is part of how you communicate. I read an interesting story yesterday about the old Soviet Union and how, you know how, especially over the Thanksgiving holiday, a lot mm-hmm. of people tend to gather around the kitchen and and that's kind of like a central place. Oh, in the yeah. House. So yeah. The, the center of the house where, you know, food, if yeah. food is there, if food is there, well, the children naturally gather towards where food so, is anyway. So what they used to do to prevent people from being able to gather in their home at their kitchen is they would organize people into like these communes and each person's 
each family didn't necessarily have their own kitchen. Now, I can see where maybe, but it's highly unlikely a bunch of people that don't know each other. If you're in a big building and there's like one kitchen that's shared with 20 families, mm-hmm. um, if they don't have their own kitchen in their own house, they're not going to be able to invite the people over that they that they want to hang out with. You know, like yesterday for our Thanksgiving celebration, we had three families together at my house. But part of how you say control people is they prevented people from having a kitchen in their own home. Mm, yeah. Which, to me, it, that just kind of struck a note with me on what... Well, it also restricts how you're able to prepare food for your own family. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you can't... Or- like, I know, I like to organize my kitchen the and way I want it. what country was this again? Soviet Union. Soviet Union. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So that was an interesting try. I just kind of tr- stumbled across, and it, I found it interesting. By the way, I'm going to give our phone number out again, 505-266-1600 if you want to call in. Join the conversation. Looks yeah. like we've got some callers in the Kiva. Oh, that's great. Okay, first caller, um, you're on with Rebecca and Natalie. What's your name? Melvin. Hey, Melvin. How you doing? Doing good. Good to hear you guys today. Thank you. Thank you. you. So what's on yeah, your mind? I just want to call and comment that uh, we did spend family uh, Thanksgiving. Some that normally would be there didn't chose not to come. You know, everybody Mm -hmm. has their own choices to make. That's right. But um, my grandmother was there. She's 94. She said, everybody come that wants to. Awesome. Uh, You know, we've got to live our lives and, and make the decisions we need to make. Yep, we do. Well, that is wonderful, and kudos to your grandma for not being, for not giving in to fear and allowing fear to prevent her from enjoying the presence of family. That, exactly. That, that's a huge thing, especially, you know, and she's in her 90s. It, it's her call to make, but if I, I know if I was in my 90s and I knew that my time with family was extremely limited. I'd especially want to get together. I would, I would want to see the grandbabies, the great yeah. grandbabies, hold them on my lap. I don't care about the snotty noses. And 94 years old, you're on borrowed time at that point. You know, yes. so, so it's like you want to savor each and every moment that you have because you don't know when, if you'll have a next moment. Right. So great call, Melvin. Thank you. Thank and you. And shout out to your grandma. You go, girl. Good for you, being brave and being the center of a family gathering. That's awesome. So who, do, who else do we have in the Kiva? This is Ben. Hey, Ben. How you doing? Really, really good. I hope you ladies are doing good. And Jaybird, I want you to know we just scored another listener. My really? mother. Her <gasps> name is Natalie as well. Oh, oh how cool. Today is her first time listening. Oh, my That's gosh. Awesome. Is she enjoying the show? Yeah, she had to call me and, and tell me. I love what they're saying. Oh. Well, special shout out to Natalie. <laughs> That's, I'm always so thrilled to find another Natalie because honestly, it's not a terribly widely used name. I know back way back when Jessica was everywhere, mm-hmm. Allison was everywhere. Yeah, a lot of common names, but Natalie is not a terribly common one. So great, great. I, we're, we're so. So happy to ha- hear that we have a new listener. Thank Welcome, you, Natalie. Natalie. Welcome to you're now a Liberty Lady. That's, That's right. right. You're She's an honorary Liberty, Liberty Lady. Honorary Liberty Lady. 
That's awesome. And you're going to send her to uh, rockoftalk.chat, right? So that, that you way, know it. If, if she misses any of our shows or any of Eddie's shows, she can now listen in uh, on the reruns. Yes. And I just, I just wanted to say that I spent my Thanksgiving cowering in the corner, wearing my mask, and <laughs> not going to be around anybody. Just kidding. Oh, oh, we got around the neighbors, and we had a good time, and we shared food and conversation and song. How cool. Wonderful. That Wonderful. sounds like fun. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Thank Thanks you, for calling Ben. Me. Thank you so much. And, and yes. Bah. <laughs> Major shout out to his mom, Natalie. Woohoo! Absolutely. All right, we got another caller here in the Kiva. They're hitting us all at once, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Wow. All right, caller, you're on. Caller, what's your name? Sam. Hey, Sam, how you doing? Hey, pretty good. Um, just wanted to make a couple comments about the mask policy. I, I kind of compared to i probably shouldn't but like back in the 60s and like the 50s when blacks were not allowed to go in the in the businesses they'd have mm. signs up there no blacks allowed or no blacks allowed no blacks can drink at this water fountain you know yeah i kind of look at it as like yeah. that if you choose not to wear a mask you know you're uh you're made ostracized a, yes ostracized That's you know Nat- natalie came up with the term a while back mask privilege yes well it, it doesn't even originate with me but yeah mask privilege um, if you don't have a mask on, if your face is uncovered, <gasps> how dare you? Well, it's gone. You, it's past. like you're a leper. It's gone past ostracizing. I mean, it, it, and and now there are some places, and I'm not going to mention the uh, giant member warehouse or anything, but uh, <laughs> well, that kind of narrows it down. <laughs> where if you try to go in without a mask, they stop you at the door. They physically detain you. They will call the police and. They harass you at the door in front of everyone and threaten to call the police. So it's just, it really has moved beyond just being awesome. Well, well, like my story I told a week or two ago at that uh, big warehouse store, I went in <laughs> and um, they said, no, you can't go in. I just ignored them and ran right on in and grabbed a cart. And it's like, man, four of them converged on me. And it's like, oh, yeah, I, I've oh, done it man. at that same store. It's like I've I was treated like I was some kind of shoplifter or something. Absolutely. Well, uh, I wonder if we brought up. Like you said, I mean, it is violating our constitutional rights. It we, is. When we go into a store, if we told the manager that, if they would even care, you know? No, they won't care. And here's why, well, unfortunately. Because our governor, again, she she has power, not because she has it, but because enough people in the state thinks she has it. And she has misused that power and abused it to where... She is strong-arming businesses by threatening to pull their operating licenses, by cl- threatening to shut them down. She has shut down multiple grocery stores across this state before Thanksgiving. Even in even in small towns that only have one grocery store, I hear stories of that one grocery store being, being shut, shut down. down. Yeah. Yes, and now people have to drive you know many many miles to just go get groceries. As far as that market shut down, I thought that was kind of odd that it happened on like the first day of the shutdown. Because I, I I drove in from Bernalillo on on that Monday and to the Walmart mm-hmm. on Wyoming, and they were closed down. And then, um, but I mean, this thing's been going on for like eight months, and all of a sudden, right before Thanksgiving, oh, all the market. Oh yeah, what down. a coincidence, right? Yeah, I, I'm not buying that for a minute. I think she's good for you. Near do we? Yeah. Yeah, but what one a more thing. Uh, mm-hmm. One one more thing about the uh, uh, everybody's get the numbers are up with the COVID because everybody's getting tested. But I believe a majority of those uh, 
of them are false positives. Um, many of them are. Yeah. Many yeah. of them are. I've heard. I well, you and I were talking about this. Yes. I think yesterday, where somebody actually somebody actually took four tests on themselves. Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Elon did. Musk he had did. four tests administered. Two came back negative. Two came back positive. What does that tell you? So it's does like he have I was it saying, or not? <laughs> well, rather than go to all that trouble, why don't you just flip a coin? Right. Yeah. yeah. There the we same go. Odds. Uh, there, there have there have been actual doctors. I know people who've asked their doctors about the tests, and the doctors have even admitted to them that the tests can be up to 40% inaccurate. Uh, other studies have actually shown, ba- based on how much things are, oh, what's the word for it, um, uh, amplified, how much right. the samples like are amplified. 40 times, something like that. Yeah, they the, keep amplifying it until they, they get a positive. They keep amplifying it too much till they get a positive, and if they go above 35 times amplification, then the test is only 90% accurate. Oh, no, 90% inaccurate, 10% mm-hmm. accurate. So, yeah, a well, lot of the testing these days is wildly inaccurate. Yes, and I've heard that, uh, I heard this a while back, that, that those tests can pick up certain bacteria in your body and count yes. it as COVID. Yes, yes. Um, well, not only that, but it, it, the test can actually pick up Old shed sheddings of the RNA, because what it is is that the tests are not actually, and this specifically, do you want to clarify, we're talking about the um, PCR testing. They're looking, that test is specifically looking for an RNA signature. It is not actually looking for a virus. It's looking for an RNA signature that exists within the virus. However, the virus COVID-19 is 75% similar to SARS-CoV-2, which again, as I always point out on the CDC website, they never just call it COVID-19. They call it SARS-CoV-2 that causes COVID-19. So if you have had any other corona type virus that is any way or shape or form similar or related to SARS-CoV-2, that can set off the PCR test as a false positive. And yeah. it doesn't even have to be live RNA. It, it doesn't be, have to it be can live be virus. Essentially it can be dead shed. virus. Yeah. yeah, it can be like one millionth of a particulate and to at which point um like one millionth or five millionth, something like that, at which point you're not even viral anymore. You're not technically mm-hmm. sick, you're not technically contagious. Uh, which is also why vir- uh, virologists and testing experts say you're not supposed to over-amplify these tests because now you're just getting weird results. Now, one more thing I've heard. You hear these people that say, well, I had the virus, but I didn't have any symptoms. Do you believe it's possible, like with the regular flu virus, have mm-hmm. you ever heard anybody say, I had the flu virus, but I never had no symptoms? No. <laughs> They're just like, I haven't gotten the flu yet. Been around a lot so of people with the flu. they probably got a false positive and, and, and thought they had it when, in fact, they didn't have it. Well, and here's the thing. It is quite possible to be for, for your body to come across a virus, a foreign invader, and not have any symptoms because your immune system did its freaking job. Mm-hmm. If, if you had the flu last year, and you come across someone with, granted, a mutated strain of the flu, but it was very similar to the flu strain that you had last year. And, of course, we don't over-test for flu, so un- unfortunately there's no, really, no real way of knowing this. Um, but if you came across someone that had a very similar strain of the flu that you had last year or a few months ago, most likely your, your, your immune system's going to go, oh, 
this is familiar. We got this. And you may have little to no symptoms. I mean, I've experienced that where I've been around family who are sick and I didn't get it. And I just assume, well, I guess my immune system took care of it. Yeah. Well, yeah. let me just say one more thing. Uh, Dr. Summers uh, uh, brought up earlier on his show. He, uh, he did a really good show today, didn't he? Oh, yes. I love his show. I called yeah. him and he... He's very informative. I love listening to the guy. He is. Anyway, he mentioned, uh, are you still there? Yes, we're oh, yeah. here. Yeah, uh, he mentioned about Africa, that you're not hearing too much about Africa, about their numbers. Yep. And he says because they, uh, they've they been taking hydrochloroquine for years for their malaria, which they, have, yep. uh, they always have in that country. And I believe that this virus, I've heard, is, it was created in the lab, and that half of it, part of it is made from malaria. Mm, that's a very good possible. Point. Now there is a doctor. Let me tell you, I forget his name, but he's a French virologist, and he, this is the guy that I guess uh, discovered HIV. He says this virus is, has the genome of malaria and HIV, and he's he's Ooh. gotten uh, he got the uh, Nobel or the uh, no, I guess it was a Nobel Peace Prize or some kind of prize for his discovery of HIV. Would you send us the link on that, Sam? That is I very have his name written down here in my book. And, and, and I, is it, uh, is it I, Luc Montagnier? I don't remember the name, but he is a French virologist. He's the one who discovered HIV, and he says the genome is half malaria and half HIV. That Maybe that's why the hydrochloroquine works on it, because it's, it's killing the, the malaria part of it. But I guess they were trying to create a uh, airborne HIV or something. I don't know. Yeah, it was it was Luke um, Montagnier, and um, he he was arguing that the COVID nineteen panic was man made in a lab, um, and it was it was an attempt to create a vaccine for HIV AIDS. And, and wow. so the he's taken a lot of heat for that, but that's that's what he has uh, proposed. Well, send, well, send me that link then, Jay Bird, because I'm going to put that up so that our listeners can see that. On our annotated notes later, you can, you can go through the notes and take a look at this section with Sam and click well, on the link, because that is very I, I, interesting. I don't, yeah, I don't know how, how to really do that, but I got it written down in my book. Mm. I'm going to look it up and try to call you right back. Okay, well, Jaybird found it, so Jaybird's going to go ahead and send me the link, and I'm going to put that up on our notes. And then you yourself can also take a look at it, Sam, because that's, yeah, that that's great. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And, you know, Natalie, we were talking about this earlier because we know people that their doctors in this state have been telling them that they are being prohibited from prescribing hydroxychloroquine yes. to their patients. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is in the state of New Mexico. Um, what's going on here? Do they not want people to get better? Because there are a lot of doctors, like if you listen to the frontline doctors, they have personally treated what thousands of patients yeah. and had almost 100 yeah. percent success with the hydro- hydroxychloroquine so why is it that the government is telling the doctors what they need to prescribe wouldn't the doctor be best to make that call on what they think is best for their patient right now there, so america's frontline doctors um if anyone wants to go to their website america's frontline doctors.com and there's a COVID-19 hydroxychloroquine section, they show a map of options for U.S. patients, doctors to obtain and prescribe HCQ, which is the abbreviation for hydroxychloroquine. If you click on New Mexico, 
an interesting little thing pops up. What's our New Mexico state policy on hydroxychloroquine? Well, back in March 21st, 2020, there was a memo released to prescribers and pharmacists from the New Mexico Board of Pharmacy, Board of Nursing, and Medical Board. These are the three boards that govern all of medical, you know, any, anything having to do with medical attention, pharmaceuticals, or treatments in the state of New Mexico. And here's what they released. Regarding inappropriate and questionable prescribing or stockpiling of potential COVID-19 treatment drugs. This is a courtesy communication to inform you that inappropriate and questionable prescribing of drugs that may show promise in the treatment of COVID-19 by New Mexico practitioners has been reported. Ooh, so that mm-hmm. they're telling all these pharmacists and doctors and, and nurses that, oh, inappropriate prescribing has been reported. The implication being you can be reported too if you are found in violation. So inappropriate, questionable prescribing, etc., including chloroquine, hydroxychloroquine, mefloquine, caletra, azithromycin, etc., can cause and contribute to drug shortages and result in patients with serious chronic medical conditions not receiving necessary treatment. To this end, and until the New Mexico COVID-19 pandemic is resolved, and by the way, I find that hilarious, New Mexico pandemic. Mm-hmm. Someone want to tell me what's wrong with that? I'm sorry, pandemic is only worldwide. Well, they're claiming that pandemic for our state oh, on a I state see. level. Okay, Just a little grammatical thing in there mm-hmm. that, that, that I find really ironic. Well, so, here's something, too. Um, back in July, um, and you can find this on PRNNewsWire.com, but in July of this year, um, the, the, there was counsel for the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, and they had taken this uh, to court and their general counsel, Andrew Schlafly, said, and, and this is quote, in, in Venezuela, HCQ is available over the counter without a prescription, while in the United yep. States, pharmacists are prevented from filling prescriptions for HCQ. And uh, further down in the article, they indicate as well that um, the FDA had made a filing, and Dr. Summers had alluded to this earlier, or actually not, not, not alluded to it, but he, he discussed this, um, the FDA has insisted that the public has no right to access nearly 100 million doses of HCQ, which were donated to the Strategic National Stockpile. Wow. Mm. Yeah, the, when, when HCQ first came out that it was an effective treatment and prophylactic, um, pharmaceutical companies went into overdrive producing it and... Yeah, we have a huge national stockpile, and honestly, all that New Mexico would have to do if they wanted some was petition the federal government and go, hey, we need it, and the government would just give it to us out of their stockpile. Mm -hmm. That's what the federal stockpile is for. But if we were to come out with a, if they were honest about a cheap, effective treatment for the RONA, then the fear might go away, and the right. fear is not something they want to go away. Right. So, so back to back to this New Mexico restrictions 
on HCQ or hydroxychloroquine. It has been resolved, and again, who has it been resolved by? The New Mexico Board of Pharmacy, Board of Nursing, and the Medical Board. And it was resolved back in March 21st of 2020. Uh, Oh, hey, that's your birthday. (laughs) Sorry. Um, So the prescribers are asked to prescribe appropriately, exercise good professional judgment, standards of practice, etc., etc., in instances where the patient was not established on such a medication, meaning they hadn't been taking it already prior to the pandemic, here's the key. Practitioners should include a diagnosis consistent with the evidence for its prescribed use on each prescription. Well, that sounds sensible, doesn't it? Except that that is not actually a requirement when doctors make prescriptions. In other words, they want a diagnosis code. They want it to be consistent with its prescribed use, meaning that whatever you're prescribing is acknowledged that this is used for this. That is not how doctors prescribe things. Doctors do off-brand prescribing all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at some of your muscle relaxers out there. Some muscle relaxers are failed, um, oh gosh, what, what is it for? Like anxiety medications. Or I, I know there was one that John took a long time ago that had uses for something else. It was an antidepressant, and it didn't work for antidepression, but it relaxed people's muscles, so they decided to use it as a muscle relaxer. This happens all the time in the medical world. Prescriptions are made because doctors have an understanding, uh, a very well-founded understanding for what certain drugs do, and even though it's not the recommended usage by the FDA, they will prescribe it for other things. So in here, New Mexico's... Board of uh, Medical Board, Board of Pharmacy, Board of Nursing, that now they're saying, well, when it comes to certain things surrounding COVID-19, you, can't, you have to, A, include a diagnosis code, which is ridiculous. Doctors yeah, don't, don't include no, those normally. I don't see why they would have to. And it, and it has to be consistent with evidence for prescribed use. They, they're, they're being nitpicky, and they're now requiring things that prescribers, doctors, providers never had to do before. And then also the New Mexico Board of Nursing reminds RNs that for prescribing to occur, a clear, valid practitioner-patient relationship must exist. So APRNs actually is what they refer to. So these are, um, I, I believe the term is like nurse practitioners who have the ability to prescribe medications even though they're not a full doctor because these days a lot of people end up seeing like the, the nurse practitioner as opposed to the doctor. Doctor doesn't always have time. Yep. So now they're saying that a clear practitioner-patient relationship must exist when before these APRNs have been able to prescribe things without any issues from the nursing board or the, or the medical board. And then thirdly, the New Mexico Board of Pharmacy does not intend to take action against a pharmacist or pharmacy that declines to fill a questionable prescription for such medications or limits the day supply dispensed for an acute condition. So now the New Mexico Board of Pharmacy told pharmacists and pharmacies, we're not going to take any action against you if you decline to fill out a questionable prescription for hydroxychloroquine. 
because it doesn't include a diagnosis code and therefore you can't tell what its prescribed use is going to be. I'm sorry. First of all, pharmacists and pharmacies are not responsible for judging whether people need certain prescriptions or not. No, they're supposed to pull the pills off the off the uh, they're supposed, shelf. They're supposed yeah. to put it in a bottle, and they're supposed to charge you for it, and they're supposed to send you on if your way. That is their job. If the prescriber says, give them 10 pills of this, the pharmacist looks at that and goes, okay, we give them 10 pills of that. Now the New Mexico Board of Pharmacy is basically saying, we're handing you the ability to limit and to decline prescriptions so they're so they're basically turning a pharmacist into a doctor prescribing for you what you need when they're in fact not a doctor precisely and what they've said there is that you have to have an established relationship with a provider right Mm -hmm. you you have to be seen by that provider they have to have a medical history for you they have to have charts they have to have write-ups and then they can submit but a pharmacist who does no, who knows nothing about you other than your name, address, and insurance information can make the determination that you don't need this medication. That's a really, really good yes. point, Jay Bird. Yes. Who gave yeah. the pharmacy or the pharmacist the right to say that you do or don't need a medication or you do or don't need it in the prescribed quantity or dosage mm-hmm. that the doctor prescribed it? Oh, um, the New Mexico Board of, Board of Pharmacy signed on to give them that power. That they signed on to give the pharmacies more power over your health decisions than you have right now. That's what's going on here. That's what's been going on here. And they go even further, too, lest you think that that was it. No, they say, furthermore, pharmacists are expected to exercise due diligence and professional judgment in such determinations, including communicating with the practitioner, the doctor, and the patient. Pharmacists are to be aware of current recommendations and indications, meaning reasons why you might need them, for the prescribed drug as part of the determination whether to fill such a prescription, implied or not. Mm-mm-mm. Questionable prescribing may be reported to the prescribing practitioner's licensing board. There's the threat to the medical licenses so now they across got the, the now board. Now they got the fear going with the doctors, too. Across the board. And this has been going on since March 21st. Thank you, America's Frontline Doctors. They have the map on their website and you click on your state and they did the research to determine what is getting in the way of people getting the medication they need specifically for this Wuhan virus. And they also provide an option for you to obtain hydroxychloroquine if your doctor in this state will not give it to you. They provide a way for you to do it over the phone with a doctor that's not in the state of New Mexico and so that you can have the medication you need shipped to you. So that's give them that correct. information. You that's had that. Correct. So so you're gonna to want to go to America's Frontline Doctors dot com. How do I get HCQ? Uh, I will have the link in our notes as well. But yeah, there's basically five steps to obtain it, and you can see that 
on the website. And I will be honest, um, your insurance probably is not going to cover it. Now, if you have something like a health savings account, you might be able to submit your receipts for reimbursement mm-hmm. for that, quite possibly. I would I would certainly go that route if I were you. Um, but they are partnering in such a way so that they can now do telemedicine visits. Because remember, early on in this this whole scandemic, the president did one great thing, which is he opened up the avenue for doctors across state lines to treat patients across state lines via telemedicine. So America's frontline doctors now provide a way where you can get a telemedicine conference with a doctor who's capable of prescribing you something and mailing you the prescription. And that is the key. That's good. So... Looks, um, if you if you need it, or even if a family member of yours need it, send them to americasfrontlinedoctors.com to look up how to do this. I will include all these links as well. Um, this, this, these are desperate times, and sometimes they call for desperate measures. Yep. And this is luckily one that, thanks to technology, is actually available to you us. You got to do what you got to do to protect yourself. Your health. Yes. It looks like we got a caller in the Great. Kiva. Caller, who do we have on the line? My name is Betty. Hi, Betty. I'm, I'm one of those patients who got coronavirus, and I got hydroxychloroquine immediately as soon Good. as I got the virus. And Good. I have comorbidities. I'm 70 years old. I still had, I still have it. I'm still quarantined. I still spent 30 days in bed. But it was just the flu because of the hydroxychloroquine. And I'm one of Dr. Summers' patients. Oh, very good. Good, good. Bless Dr. Summers. And a postscript to that, my girlfriend, who's in her 70s, came up and brought me Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, that's Mm. nice. Oh so my even gosh. though I had coronavirus, she only just briefly came to the door but did this complete Thanksgiving Aww. dinner for me. So how wonderful is that? Oh, that's wow. awesome. You've got a good friend there. I know. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Wow. That, so, yeah, that's the hydroxychloroquine works, and you're right, everything you're saying. The pharmacist asks for all kinds of documentation. It's It's a real... It's a bit of an ordeal to get it. It is. But I was it lucky. Is. I was already a patient with Dr. And it, and it shouldn't be. It should be easy to get. No. Yeah, and with all my health conditions and my advanced age, it could have really been a problem for me yes. if I couldn't have gotten it. Yeah. Yes, yes. Did they also give you the Z-Pack, too? Yes, Z-Pack okay. and zinc. You take yep. zinc along yep. with it. Yep. The zinc is a big factor. And um, also um, prednisone. Okay. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, everything that he talks about hmm. when you do the complete treatment. But boy, there's some real serious tap dancing. Yeah, there is, and, and you Sad. know, there there is close to. I think Dr. Summers reiterated it this morning. There's close to a hundred studies, peer-reviewed studies that are out right. now that show that hydroxychloroquine is effective and is the most effective thing against this virus. Why aren't we disseminating it worldwide? Oh, wait, Africa is. Africa's mm-hmm. got it. Africa's yeah, been using and it's it. What? A 60 year old drug, very economically priced. Yes. That could be why they don't want it on the market. Remdesivir is what? Thousands of dollars. <laughs> thousands. Well, yeah. you know, and a medical yeah. professional from UNM that called us, was it last week? Told yeah, us that the remdesivir doesn't really work. Yeah. No, it shortens it. That's all it does. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. 
but I mean, it was, it was, you know, for me, it was real serious with all my health issues and everything. Absolutely. But just the fact that being able to get it and it just didn't get that bad. It was just the flu. Yeah. Well, good, good for you. I'm so thankful that you were able to get what you needed. Um, so many people in this state are not able to get what they need. I know some of them personally. I'm related to some of them who are, you know, yeah. still not able to get the prescriptions that they need. And here, here's the sad thing, too. Uh, per what I was reading earlier from the New Mexico Pharmacy Board, Nursing Board, and Medical Board, I, I've talked to a few doctors out there, and yes, pharmacies are starting to refuse to fill prescriptions mm. for hydroxychloroquine. It's almost like they're looking for ways for you to not get better. Yeah. Doesn't it seem that way to you? It's like... Um, well, they get so much money. What? If you check in the hospital with it, yeah, you get 18000 right. If they put you on a respirator, you get 40000 And if yeah. you die, they get a bonus. Yeah, and you're probably going to die if they end up putting you on a respirator. Yeah, yeah you're it, probably not going to make it. So. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. They got their 40000 bucks, right? <laughs> and a, doc- exactly. a doctor yeah, a doctor from UNM confirmed that to me in early summer, too, that, yeah, they get kickbacks from uh, admittance if it's COVID-19. They get, they get additional if yes you're right put on a respirator respirator and if you die yeah it's they, the hospital can make like upwards of thirty two or thirty three thousand dollars per yeah. patient and if they got to kill this. you to do it I guess that's okay nowadays hey yeah you get your bonus and if so yeah. what if you were in a motorcycle cycle accident you've got you know the uh, China virus. They still turn it in. That's what you died from. Yep. You notice how she said China cancer. virus? Yay! Because she knows China that the virus. other word is like, we don't we don't say the other word on this show. That's right. Wuhan? So we call it the oh. Wuhan virus. We call it the Wuhan, Kung China flu. China we call it the... Well, what it really is. Yeah, but yeah. we don't, we don't is, say the other is. word. We don't say the other C word. Or <laughs> <laughs> we try not to. <laughs> and it is a scandemic. It is. It is. Yeah, it is. Well, bless, totally. bless well, you. Bless well, you ladies, for realizing that. I am a big that. fan. I never miss your show. You are oh, the best. That is awesome. Thank you, Betty. Thank you, Betty. And realize you are an honorary Liberty Lady along Absolutely. with us as well. So, That's right. Adding you. you to the rolls. Yes. Stay, thank you so much. Stay free, <laughs> Betty. That's right. <laughs> stay free. So, uh, Boy, we really got sidetracked on that first uh, Rules for Radical, didn't we? <laughs> we just never know where things are going to well, go. Hey, I, I, I can totally tie it into yeah. this, though. Oh, absolutely. Um, so question here. All, all those things that, that we just went over on how the state medical board, nursing board, and the pharmaceutical board are basically have sort of subtly threatened pharmacists, prescribers, the APRNs, all of that. Let me ask you a question. Do they really have the power to do that? No. Actually, the answer is yes and no. Okay. No, they shouldn't have the power to impose regulations on businesses or practitioners that are not legislated. However, do people think that they have that power? Well, and that's exactly what we talked about in the first rule for Mm -hmm. radicals. As long as people think they have the power... You have the power. Well, then they do. And that that is the problem right now, is that the perceived power is what is being used on us as a state, as a population, um, in the medical field, 
in business, businesses, all types of business, restaurants, grocery stores, Mm -hmm. what have you. Perceived power is powerful. And that is something that radicals, the left, you can call them communists, you can call them Marxists, what have you, that they want power and they are great at wielding perceived power. Mm -hmm. And that is what is going on right here. I, I I will definitely link to this uh, communication from the medical board, pharmacy, nursing, etc. Yeah, that's good info. Um, because, again, uh, you know, I, I'm looking at all this, and none of this, none of this is underpinned. They, they didn't refer back to any state statutes. Mm-hmm. They didn't refer back to any federal statutes. The whole thing is, you know, you read between the lines, it's pretty threatening, especially that last line. Questionable prescribing may be reported to the prescribing practitioner's licensing board. Well, what's the purpose of reporting something to the licensing board? Uh, To get someone's license pulled. Mm -hmm. So you betcha, all of our doctors in this state, their licenses are under the gun. They can lose their insurance. As a doctor, if you lose your insurance, you really can't afford to do business. You just can't. If you're not insured, you can't do business. Insurance is one of their biggest expenses in being a doctor. Absolutely. Because unfortunately, you got a lot of ambulance chasing uh, lawyers out there that are always looking for an angle to sue somebody. Yeah, about, oh gosh, 15, 16 years ago, I had talked to my general practitioner and asked her, why aren't you an. uh, why don't you do the obstetrics portion of OBGYN anymore? She's like, well, it used to, it would cost me four hundred thousand dollars a year oh, alone in insurance. How do they ever make any money? I don't know. I don't know. It, it's so hard to make money in the medical business these days, and it's really sad because it is an it is Extortion. a necessary. It's necessary. We need our doctors and nurses and pharmacies. We need you guys. If, mm-hmm. if you all are listening out there, I mean, we love you guys. We need you guys. But we're really re- fast. No, we're not fast approaching. We are past the point where we also need you guys to be brave. We do. What happened to do no harm? The Hippocratic Oath. You're supposed to look out for the welfare of your patient. Yeah, yeah. And if that means taking a little patient. bit of risk, uh, that's kind of what you need to do or if you're going to do your job. Yeah, there's there's a dearth right now of health practitioners in this state who are willing to challenge the unconstitutional oppression by the New Mexico Medical Board, Board of Nursing, and Board of Pharmacy and put their patients' lives and well-beings above that. And if you are one of those, like Dr. Summers, Dr. Gardner, who have been doing as much as you can to prescribe and to get your patients the care and treatment that they need, bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Sevenfold amen. Thank you for doing that and for doing all that you can. But for the rest, um, you're going to have to draw a line somewhere. And is that line going to be when eventually the governor has a death board that says, you know what, if you have a patient that's over 80 and has more than one comorbidity and they contract this virus, don't treat them? Is that where you're going to draw the line? I kind of remember when Obama said rather than treat somebody, just give them a pain pill and essentially let them die. 
Yeah. If they're, if they're too old and they're just, I guess their life is no longer valuable enough to save them. And for those who, who keep liking to call us conspiracy theorists on what we've kind of been right so far this whole time, yeah. that's where we're headed. It's not that's a, the, it's not a theory headed. if it's true. It's no. an actual conspiracy. If, if you are a doctor, if you're a medical practitioner of any kind out there, the time is coming when you are going to be told how far you can go to save someone's life or prolong their life and well-being. Are you okay with that? Are you? Because you all took a Hippocratic oath. And does that oath mean anything anymore to you? And if it does then in some way, shape, or form, you need to find your fight, how and where you can fight in your situation where you are at. I can't tell you how to do that. I'm not a medical practitioner. I don't have to worry about the licensing. I don't have to deal with the medical board, thank God, uh, board of nursing, board of pharmacy. And no, I'm not taking God's name in vain. I do thank him every day that my problems are not the same as other people's problems. But, but you know, you, you and I, all have challenges, and you have got to figure out where you're going to draw the line, and at what point are you okay with being told that you can't save lives? Because we are getting closer and closer to that every day. We're already there. That this letter that I just read from the medical board and the pharmacy and nursing boards, what do you think that is? They're telling you that you can't use certain substances or prescriptive measures to treat your patients. Therefore, you can't use these things to save lives, this, even if you think it will save lives. This Marxist stuff that's going on by our governor, or by our governor and this entire country at this point, it's impacting all of us. You know, I, I was talking us. about a week or two ago about how you sheriffs out there, how we've been backing the blue... Now you need to back us. Well, it's it's going to the medical professionals, too. Yes. At some point, you're going to have to say, okay, no, I'm not going to do this. And you're going to have to push back. And, yeah, I realize there could be a cost in that. But are you willing to let everything go the way it's going to where the, the government is telling you how you should treat your patients instead of you doing your job of what you signed up for, the profession that you studied for and that you got into and your job, I'm sure that when you got into being a doctor or a medical professional, you did it because you wanted to help people. Right. Okay, so that's what you need to focus on. And it's like, I'm sorry if it involves... Uh, a little bit of civil disobedience. Yeah, and you know, that's what Natalie and I do. And I certainly, it's cost me dearly financially this mm -hmm. year for me to push back. But I'm sorry, I'm not going to give in. And by the way, you know, my roommate Mark sent me a text and he says that he took hydroxychloroquine for four years and had no side effects. Wow. Probably when he was in the military. Well, it was a malaria drug. So Yeah, yeah it's a malaria drug. <laughs> we, we, we've known what side effects are. We, we've refined this drug again and again and again over the years for over 60 years. Um, the, I, I've even had conversations with nurses who agreed with, yeah, well, we don't really know if, the, if this is, you know, it's not proven to work on COVID-19. And I've asked them outright, okay, have you witnessed, you know, prescriptions of hydroxychloroquine being given to patients? Yeah, yeah, I have. And you know the reasons why. Um, is this a really dangerous drug? 
Well, no, not unless you have certain conditions. Uh, and how long have doctors been prescribing this? Oh, yeah. 60, 65 yeah, years. 60 years. Okay, so, so by the time I, talk, you know, I, I, I just ask them all these questions and, and talk them through this, I'm like, okay, so um, would it not be a fair assessment to make that since doctors do off-brand type prescriptions all the time with other drugs that are even less used, and use not not just less frequently, but we've had around uh, less time. Hmm. Does it not make sense that they could also do off-brand prescribing with hydroxychloroquine? And she had to admit, you know, um, yeah, I, I I guess that makes sense. And it's so odd that I had to walk her through the logical process when she is a nurse. This is her field. And she had bought in to the talking points anyway. She had bought it hook, line, and sinker. She'd bought the media talking points. And I, and I even asked her, I'm like, so this idea that you shouldn't off-brand prescribe hydroxychloroquine for you know the, the Wuhan virus, um, where did that idea come from? Did that come from your doctor? Or did that come as a recommendation from the pharmacy? And she eventually had to admit that no, but it's what she kept hearing on TV. Oh, so now like mainstream media. So now mainstream media is the expert in telling doctors and RNs what they can or can't prescribe to you. And this this is everywhere, folks, and it's been going on for months, and we've been railing against this for months, and yes, being called conspiracy theorists for months. Um, fine, okay, you know, free speech, whatever. You all can have your own opinions. But good Lord, do your own research. Please, do your own research. I will admit, I was dubious when I first heard hydroxychloroquine might be the miracle drug here. Um, I'm like, well, I don't know. I, I, I kind of find it very suspect when anyone claims uh, a panacea, a miracle drug, or what have you. So then I looked into it. And, you know, yes, there are certain people who are at risk. If you, if you have, what was it, heart disease or certain heart conditions, um, there are certain forms of HCQ that you shouldn't take. I think it's like chloroquine would be more um, risky to you than anything else. So there, there's so much information out there, you all, and so much more than mainstream media is willing to give you. But I, but I will say, I also want to bring up this. How many of you out there heard about what happened to One America News Network last weekend? Oh, yeah. You didn't hear. I I didn't. OANN got suspended from YouTube from uploading any other videos. Really? Yes. For, I think it was at first a day, and then I think they increased it to a few days or a week. And the reason why was because they had a video that was unpublished, meaning it wasn't viewable by the public. It was still in the review process. And it was about hydroxychloroquine. It was about the efficacy. And it was about how effective it is and the studies that are out about it. If you want to see the video, yeah, you can't see it on YouTube. They didn't even give them a chance to publish it before banning them. And here's the thing that, that's hypocritical about this is YouTube has kind of like a thing. It's three strikes and you're out. You have to have several strikes before they'll finally uh, freeze your account. No, this is one strike. 
one strike and they froze their account and OAN News Network could not upload any further videos. They didn't even make it public, but because it was about hydroxychloroquine and they were going, one would assume, to publish it eventually, no, YouTube had to make take steps to make sure that that didn't happen. So if you want to see that video, you have to go to one of OANN.com's website to actually see that video. It, you can't see it on YouTube. And hopefully they'll, you know, I, I've petitioned them to be like, yeah, guys, get on Rumble. Rumble won't censor you. And hopefully they will at some point. More and more people are going to Rumble.com because they promise not to censor you. Um, you know, they're be- big believers in First Amendment rights over right. there, as opposed to, you know, the, the alphabet soup that owns YouTube. So, if yeah, if you want to see that video, you're going to have to go over directly to their website because YouTube decided that that information just isn't pertinent to the public and it's not interesting. And, oh, wait, you mean they, YouTube's now acting as a publisher? It would seem that way now, wouldn't it? Instead of a platform? Yeah. Huh. How very interesting and apropos considering the hearings that have been going on in the Senate. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So... There, there's so much out there, everybody. Don't just turn on the TV. In fact, turn again, turn your TV off. Cancel your cable. <laughs> That's what I did. They're, they're giving you so much misinformation. It's really about as bad as the Chinese Communist Party's propaganda channels at this point. Well, we truly are witnessing state-run media right now. Yes. That's the way they're behaving. Absolutely. Totally. Absolutely. No, it, and, it, and it's so sad to see... It used media and journalism used to be respected, and now legacy media is leaving a legacy of corruption and propaganda behind. And it is so sad to see the downturn that they have taken. So two six six sixteen hundred five zero five two six six sixteen hundred in the Kiva. If anyone wants to call in, okay. And Looks I think like that's- we got. I think One I know who that is. Okay. In the Kiva. Caller, uh, you're on with Rebecca and Natalie. Hi, Rebecca. This is uh, Representative Lex Stephanie Lord. Hey, Woo! Stephanie. Stephanie, we love you. Stephanie's a good friend of ours, <laughs> and she's our newly representative to District 22, which happens to be my neck of the woods All in right. the East Mountains. I know who you voted for. So, yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, I'm we proud. still have your sticker on the van, too. Yes, we do. It's good on there. Everybody, everything's a Lord 2020 sticker. Absolutely. We're so uh, glad you won, Stephanie. It's like, oh, thank even you. despite all the voter fraud, which I am pretty certain went on in this state. Um, right. Ste- Stephanie was up at the Roundhouse on Tuesday while they were having their special session to plot against us even further and take away our rights. And so Stephanie came in there and she listened in what, on what they're doing, even though she's not sworn in yet. She's still up there doing her job, and she's looking out for us, and she's going to tell us a little bit about what she heard while she was there. All right. Oh, thank you. Yeah, my, so I promised when I was running that I would be transparent to make sure that everybody knew what was going on, and I meant that. So as soon as I got, well, first of all, I, I got kicked out by Brian Egoff, which which I was not surprised. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> That's kind of a rite of passage, I think. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You're doing something wrong if you don't get kicked out. 
Right. So anyways, when I got home, I, I tried to basically summarize. And the, the thing that's the hardest part about this bill, besides the fact I just recklessly spent as much money as they wanted to without any feedback from the people, mm-hmm. right? We have the right. You have the right. Everybody has the right to give feedback on how money was spent. And there wasn't any. Of course, it was not allowed. It was kind of a closed session for the Democrats. And the the most disturbing part was that they didn't think about the future. For example, we didn't set a big chunk of money aside because since September, we have been borrowing 71 million dollars a month to pay people's unemployment. We ran out. We're done. So we're borrowing that from the federal government, and they're eventually going to want that money back, and we have to pay that to them. They didn't set any money aside for that. And that was quite disturbing because who's going to pay that back? How are we going to pay that back? Are they going to punish the businesses? Are you going to raise the insurance rates so nobody can afford to have any employees? Are they going to cut their employees? Are they going to move out of New Mexico? We will. We may not have any businesses left after a while. Uh, and by the way, <laughs> no. did, you, did you see Luhan's post today about how we need to support small business on her Twitter? Oh, my God. Are you serious? What yeah. a joke. Are you <laughs> Wow. No. No, the ultimate <laughs> in hypocrisy. <laughs> Anything but from her. So did she include a list of the ones that, that are approved by her? Or that are still you know open? You know what's really yeah, the strange? essential a, businesses, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, there yeah. is a list, and you go on it, and there's only like eight or ten companies on it. It's very surreal. It's very strange. <laughs> yeah. And it's Anyways, not that woman. So she didn't. They didn't think about the future. Eventually, we have to pay that back, and more mm-hmm. than likely, they're going to raise the insurance rates, and then people are going to be like, "Well, I can't afford to have all ten, twenty, a hundred employees. We're going to cut them, or we'll move out of the state, or whatever it is they need to do." But somebody's going to have to pay that back. So they they didn't think about that portion at all. And then the other part that we tried to amend was we were trying to say, okay, you're going to give everyone a check for $1,200. It's kind of a huge <laughs> amount to give people that's on unemployment. So we said, okay, if you're going to do that, because you guys are going to do whatever you want anyway, mm-hmm. why don't you give everyone 600 and give $600 to essential workers? And they said no. Hmm. So, what? Yeah. Yeah, they said what? no. They didn't like that. They, yeah, they didn't like that part. They didn't want to give more money to our essential workers. Right, the people who have chose to stay at work and work all through this, including were not our rewarded. medical and emergency workers. Yeah, no. Including yeah. our police. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. None for them, and none for repaying loans. Oh, but, but if you but it, but if you're unemployed, then yeah, yeah, you, you get money. Yeah, and one lump sum at the beginning of December seems an awful lot like a Christmas. No, no, don't get me wrong. Lujan put people in this mess. It's not their fault. That's right. right. I under I understand we have to take care of the people because this is not their fault. They didn't do this. But when you go to spend money, you have to do it logically, and you have to have the feedback from the representatives, and we represent you. You did not get your voices heard because the Republican voices were not heard. It was yeah. purely Democrat rule, and they just did what they wanted without any feedback from the people. Now, I heard, and, and, and well, I also read in the Albuquerque Journal, that there were some Democrats who were... <laughs> I caught that <laughs> you one. You caught that, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, apparently, there were some Democrats who weren't terribly thrilled about this bill either. Did you, did you get to talk to any of them or witness that? 
No. Um, so here's what happens or what I have seen historically, because I've been up at the Roundhouse so many mm-hmm. times fighting on bills. What happens is even in the last special session, some Democrats decided to go along with the Republicans and they were pulled aside into a room and schooled and came out and changed their vote. Oh. You can't. See, I'm, the beautiful thing about being a Republican, you can make your own decision. So schooled yeah, you know, or schooled or threatened. I kind of wonder. <laughs> yeah, I would have liked to have been a fly on the wall in that room to see exactly right? what was said. Right, exactly, uh-huh. exactly. But on the Republican side, we can be critical thinkers and we can make our own decisions. We make our own decisions what is best for our own district. It appears the Democrats have lost that ability. They can no longer think on their own. And whatever one of them decides or they decide to do, they all must go along with it. Because they're kind of, what they're like a collective consciousness, aren't they? They are, isn't that weird? Yeah, like I know. Brain. It's weird. I'm actually going to talk about collective consciousness a little bit later on. <laughs> <laughs> if you keep listening, I think you'll like it. <laughs> it, it, uh. is one, it is one brain, and it, it's almost like this, like, you know, when you see a school of fish and they all follow each other, it's like yeah. the same thing. They just, mm-hmm. nobody deviates from yeah. that. So, so they don't have the luxury of that because the last ones that did got primaried and they got rid of them. Right. So we, right. we lost our, our, our free thinker. Democrats are gone. So. Well, that might have been that discussion that occurred in that little room, right? Now, yeah, right. You mm-hmm. vote for us, we'll primary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now, one thing, and this is kind of my take on it, but this is also based on me talking to my own representative, um, by the way, who, who was the only rep I've ever had call me back. Um, and and wow. she, she went line by line down the bill with me Monday night. And I, t- I was honest with her. She's a Democrat, but I was honest with her. I'm like, hey, first off, thanks for calling me back. In all the years I've been calling my reps, no one's ever called me back. That's something you never expect. I didn't even leave my phone number for her to call me back. She called back uh, uh, at the uh, vote because of looking at the caller ID, which was also impressive. So she went down line by line, and I was honest with her on what I agreed with and what I didn't agree with. And I was trying to convince her. That I told her, look, I represent so many voters in my household. You know, here's the number. And we would be supportive of pulling out the language and the wording for using the CARES Act money for the small businesses and passing that as a standalone instead of mm-hmm. as part of this whole thing. Because here's what I got from her. They really, really wanted to pass this bill because if we didn't use all the business, all the small business grant, basically, from the federal government, from the CARES Act, we'd have to give that money back. So we really need to use that money. My take on it is that was a huge carrot stuck into this pork-barreled bill to to force people to act. It's an incentive. Oh, we got to pass this so that we can use that money. But you don't need a bill to use the money because the federal government already apportioned that money for the use of the states for small businesses. Why didn't we use that money up till now? Right. And if you look at what they're going to give to small businesses, it's a pittance. It's it is. And they created a slush fund. Yeah, they did. And so they having the portion, well, if you're a business, you can apply for a grant because nobody wanted those loans, right? Nobody wants to get a loan. You have to right. pay it back. Well, yeah. So Who wants to get a I mean, that, that, that's a debt you're going to have to pay off for maybe years. And if right. you, yeah. Yeah, and it comes so, out so of your profits. They, Why would you want to do that? 
Right. So what they did is, oh, well, we'll give small businesses $5,000. How is that going to help? Oh, my God. Seriously, how is it going to help you? That's like, what, uh, a month of maybe your rent and some of your overhead? It's not going to cover everything. But I'll tell you something. What smart states are doing mm-hmm. with that money is they put it away for the uh, um, unemployment insurance so they can pay back that money and they have it set up for the future so that they have money. That's what smart mm-hmm. states did. They spent their money wisely. Here, it was just like, well, we're going to throw some money here. We're going to throw some money there with no uh. rhyme or reason. Oh, and small business, you'll get $5,000. Enjoy. Yeah. Oh, nice. my gosh. Well, that's kind of like offering me uh, as a contractor or whatever, sending me a check for 1200 bucks and thinking that's going to make everything all better when... When normally, I mean, before all this nonsense started, I was bringing in close to, I don't know, ten grand a month sometimes. Right. And it's like now I'm lucky if I can scrape along and bring in maybe four and pay my bills, and that's it. And it's like so right. twelve hundred bucks. It's like okay, yeah, that might that'll make my truck payment for one month. But now what? Right, exactly. <laughs> the question. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay. Question for you, what is the nature of this slush fund that any any monies I know from not used from the CARES Act for small business gets to be instead of return gets to be set aside and by the way I'm not even convinced of the legality of that but what's the nature of this slush fund? Okay, uh, I know that uh, there was representative that had brought that up mm-hmm. and one of the things that I had noticed was when it said that Businesses that are eligible are 501c3, so nonprofits. So mm-hmm. that does mean organizations like Planned Parenthood. We tried to get some exceptions. Yeah, I heard a, a gasp. Oh, <laughs> that's yeah. how they did it. Because when when my rep was going down it with me, I brought up the whole thing about Planned Parenthood. She's like, no, I don't see anything about Planned Parenthood in here, and they shouldn't be, um, uh, they shouldn't be a part of this anyway, but... It's the 501c3 status. And if Planned Parenthood mm-hmm. is part of that, guess what? Oh uh, then we put a priority gosh. on killing babies. Even though we're closing down a lot of other businesses and destroying a lot of other lives, we can still kill babies. That's right. right. That's, that's the New Mexico way, which is very sad. So there's all kinds of places that she could shove money. She could, you know, it could be one of her organizations. It could be a business. It could be anywhere that she could put that money into some sort of slush fund because there's no regulations. They actually are having a meeting that, of course, nobody knows about um, of how should we spend this money. Well, wow. okay, we decided how to spend it, but now they want rules on who should get it, who shouldn't. We should have had that beforehand. It should have excluded mm-hmm. some things. We couldn't get that in there. So it's every 501c3. Now, there is one one thing we were able to get in there. We asked, and I, excuse me, I don't remember the exact one. It's one of the 501Cs, I think it's 15 or something, that will apply to veterans, which is very important because My American Legion is about to go bust. Yeah. So there will be some, but again, how much? Who decides? Is it going to be one over the other because it's Democrat ruled? Is it only going to be businesses that are owned by Democrat? I mean, how do we know who's going to get it and who's not? Will rural areas, will a Will uh, uh, American Legion in um, Estancia get money or not? We don't hmm. know who's going to get it. And they weren't. The they problem. weren't specific. No, it just says it just says nonprofit. Does the bill specify who decides? 
Uh, yes, and I can't remember. It's, I, I just literally looked on it, and, and it's a bureau that will be making the decisions, and they're the ones who want the in, input, supposedly. Let me, let me see now, if I'll, I can find it. Da, 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 da. Yeah, so, it, oh, wow. No, keep going. Um, so that bureau will yeah, so be making decisions. We don't have any say-so after this. Uh, you know, you can call and recommend. I think you should do X, Y, and Z, but they're going to do what they want. So that's the unfortunate part. When you hmm. don't take the people into consideration before you do these things. Um, Stephanie, something I heard, of course, you know, that I was up there the other day during the special session, too, along with other, a lot of other people. Right. We were holding a, right. staging a protest at the Capitol, which you have actually participated in some of our protests, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I'm all about it. Yeah, absolutely. And... Um, but somebody mentioned something about the Open Meetings Act, and, and so I looked up some information on it, and I'm hoping maybe you know something about it, too. I, for all this time, I mean, pretty much the our building, our house, the state capitol, yes. which is paid for by taxpayer money, they have been keeping us out of there and basically mm-hmm. hiding everything they're doing and not letting us be able to do our constitutional duty, and watch government working for us. And so I did a little bit of research on this Open Meetings Act, and I'm a little confused by it, and I'm hoping maybe you know a little bit more based on what I was able to find out. It says here, the formation of public policy or the conduct of business by vote shall not be conducted in closed meetings. All meetings of any public body, and then it says here, except the legislature and the courts shall be public meetings. And I don't quite understand what that means. Does that mean that we're not entitled to know what's going on in the Capitol building? Okay, so uh, I, I am really great when I don't answer, know an answer. I will tell you I will find out. So that one okay. I'll find out. My understanding is because I went through so much as an activist. That they have to let you in. There has to be right. public allowed to watch what is happening. Now, I think some of the ways they're getting around that is saying that it's televised and we're allowing commentary and emails. That's not what that's supposed <laughs> to mean. Yeah, right. Now, when, when they're on the floor, when, when you're up in a gallery and they're down on the floor, you usually don't have a say-so. Like they did on some of the bills on the first day of the gun bills, they let people come on the floor to speak for so many people. But mostly in a committee meeting, they are supposed to allow you to speak. However, whoever is running that committee can basically make up whatever rules they want. For example, one time for the red flag bill, there was about, I don't know, 50 of us there. And they said, okay, five of you can talk. Fight it out. So they can put all kinds of... They can put all kinds of crazy regulations. Now, we are supposed to be able to have our voices heard. We're mm-hmm. supposed to be able to reach these people. Now, the other thing is those bills are supposed to be up on the website. So we have time to read them, research it, digest it, and call and email a rep. So there wasn't any time for that. that. That thing was thrown on there at the last minute. Nobody even saw what it was. I put the draft on. That's all that I had was the draft. Now, the other thing besides people being able to watch, we also have uh, we are supposed to be in our seats. When we are voting, the last two sessions, they have uh, decided, well, they voted, of course, route numbered, to do it virtually so that everybody does not have to be in their seats. Now, I don't know what's going to happen in this next session, but I sure hope that doesn't happen because that is not fair. You should be in your seat voting. Yes. And the people should be able to come inside and have their voices heard. Well, see, it looks like for months now they've been using 
the Wuhan flu as an excuse to violate our rights and to keep Mm -hmm. us from being involved in what they're doing. And, you know, another thing in this Open Meetings Act, it says here, reasonable efforts shall be made to accommodate the use of audio and video recording devices. Well, we can't do mm-hmm. that if we're not allowed in there, right? Right. Well, the the um, what the county commissioners and the city council have been doing, because they had some bills that I wanted to go speak at, uh, what they did is they said, well, we opened up the phone lines, took a few calls, took a few emails, and we put this online, so therefore we've done our due diligence. And that's sufficient in their view. Yeah. Wow. Now, don't forget, we have, we have a thing in our Constitution that um, really is a hindrance in the portion that says public health and safety. When they passed a bunch of bills that we did not agree with, I was involved in a um, patriot movement, and we tried to get those bills on the ballots to have them taken off, and they were all rejected by the Secretary of State stating, well, these apply to public, public health and safety. So they tend to throw that around. Oh, we can't let people in public health and safety. You know, we have this health right. order where she's been given all power. So until we take her power back, this is the way it's going to be. But, you know, like Natalie and I have been talking about, public uh, emergencies whatever the heck is going on the, it doesn't that doesn't make the law go away the law is the law and people are simply complying with this stuff and i don't believe it's legal at all uh, i would i would tend to agree with you on that i would definitely tend to agree with you but it goes back to our constitution of public health and safety and the fact that the democrats gave her all power and i know we're trying to take that back we're hoping that eventually maybe some of the Democrats will get tired of it. My honest opinion, I think once they start vaccinating people and all the, the very scared people get vaccinated and people who need to get vaccinated get vaccinated, I think then this will all be over because they won't care about the people who didn't get vaccinated. Oh, you know I, what I mean? Just I, you know, I disagree up. with you on that, Stephanie. I think they are going to care about the people that are refusing to be vaccinated because I think they're going to want to vaccinate everyone and I think that she's going to try to force that on us. I really do believe that. I, I hope not. I really hope not. I, 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 would hope, I would hope that once they get their shots, they'll feel that they're safe and everything will be fine. But, you know, you could be right. I really well, don't know what Lujan's going to do. I, I, hope you're, I hope you're right on that. But, unfortunately, I don't, uh, Here's how I I don't believe that. If the governor, governess, as I like to call her, is genuine... In everything that she's done, whether we agree with her or not, if she's genuine that she's done it out of concern for the safety of New Mexicans, then yes, once the vaccine comes out and is widely distributed, she will ease up because she was concerned for our safety and our health. If, if, uh, Rebecca's <laughs> rolling her eyes at me. That's why I, I say if. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, playing devil, I'm playing devil's advocate here, woman. Um, yeah, literally devil's no, advocate. Yeah, yeah. You're advocating no, for the devil. Yeah. yeah. So, so this, this is if a test. Yeah, this is a litmus, <laughs> this is a litmus test. If, however, her goal all along has been to aggregate and consolidate power, then the vaccine rollout will not make a difference, or at least will not make a, a reasonable difference. She might be like, well, okay, these certain counties, because they got all their va- most vaccinations, they can go 
orange or green or whatever the next color code is. Um, but, you know, if this is all about consolidating power, then she's going to keep and retain the power. Oh, I think she's going to mm. want to retain it. I think I think really? she's a power-hungry dictator. And I, I, would think, be, I would I bet think, money on that. I don't I think would. that she's just going to be looking for the next angle. Mm-hmm. You know what? That is an excellent point because she could say, well, such and such county has been very good. You've been very good. Oh, you've been very uh, good. <laughs> it's like talking to a little child or something, you know? You've been very good. You see the majority of you have gotten your vaccine. You've been very compliant. So you can kind of open up more than other people, and the rest of you won't be able to until you do the same. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh, oh, you know, I think that sounds exactly what, like what we're going to hear. <laughs> I really do. I really do. Hey, uh, oh. Stephanie, on that you know, on that Opens Meeting Act, and I know you're going to look mm-hmm. this up, and I, I look forward to you doing that. Um, on the part where I was talking about on Section A there, where it's saying, except the legislature and the court shall be public meetings, if you go further into this thing, and it's like on page 4, it, it under another Section A, a capital A, it says, unless otherwise provided by joint House and Senate rule... All meetings of any committee or policy-making body of the legislature, which seems to me to contradict the other thing I read at the beginning, uh, held for the purpose of discussing public business or for the purpose of taking any action within, within the authority of or the delegated authority of the committee or body are declared to be public meetings open to the public at all times. That seems to... Mm-hmm. Contradict the other thing I and read. And pretty much all of the legislature's business is public yeah, business. Right, yeah. So They shouldn't be discussing private business, uh, that's for darn sure. No, because they work for us, and, and even according to this, we should be allowed in to listen to what the heck they're doing. Exactly. I think you should anyways. I honestly think any time we're out there discussing something that affects you, everybody should be able to be there and observe. And I know you can't make commentary at certain times when they're on the floor mm-hmm. discussing and voting, mm-hmm. but during the committee meetings, absolutely. And oh, yes. my goal is to make sure that you guys know. When I find about bills that I'm like, ooh, that's a crazy bill, uh-huh. I want everybody to know. I want the people to be rallied and calling and emailing and doing everything they can to make their voices heard because that's what needs to happen in New Mexico. We need voices heard at all times. Well, Stephanie, I hope that you will just be a regular caller into this station whenever you have something new and, and so that we can get it out there. Right. Yeah. Right. So we can Absolutely. help get the word yeah. out. And, and you know, I've, a long time ago, I, um, when I was a teen, I did have the honor and the ability to speak up in one of those committee hearings for a bill that we cared very much for at the time. Cause, uh, I was homesch- I was homeschooled, and even though I had just graduated, a bill came up that was very much of concern to the homeschool community. And me and another guy my age had the ability to get up and speak on behalf of a bill that we supported in the committee hearings. That is our right to be physically present, to sign our names up and to volunteer. I think all they did was, you know, a show of hands, you know, who would like to make a comment on this? At one point, we raised our hands and got to go up to the podium. You can't do that if you're just calling in. You can't do that right. if you're on a Zoom call. I'm sorry. When did we decide that being virtually present was tantamount to being physically mm-hmm. present? 
we have the right to be physically present during the proceedings of our duly elected legislative body. Yep. We yep. have that exactly. right. And, and yes, is, there, exactly is, is there any indication so far, Stephanie, of when we'll get that right and responsibility returned to us? Oh, good question. You're just... I'm in the dark as much as you are. I mm. haven't even looked into renting a house up there or anything else or any type of housing. Yeah. I have no idea how the session's going to play out. I don't know if they're going to swear us in and then move it till later in the spring when after this has had a chance to burn itself out or if they're going to go ahead and force us to go in for the 60-day session and you guys can't come in. It has to be by virtual. Tel- now, mind you, in the telephone call, I guess this is going to be random, right? Like a, mm-hmm. Like they're just going to randomly pick some people to speak randomly. I just did my finger quote. Um, <laughs> so honestly, I have no idea. We have no idea how this is going to play out. But as soon as I find out, I'll let you know. I don't think we're going to know until we get closer to the end in session, so like second or wow. third week in January. My yeah. money says you're not. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just, yeah. I'm just thinking that this governor, if she's still here. And, of course, some people are saying, oh, you know, if, 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 she's, if Biden's won and she's in his cabinet, then she'll be gone and we can go back to normal. <laughs> Don't bet on it. Mm, yeah. um, no, good old Howie no. Morales is going to follow her lead lock, step, and barrel. Yeah, I think she'll still be running the state from a distance. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, and he'll just be another puppet and he'll just be going along with what, what is, has been going on here. So I don't see any change in that whatsoever. Um, the, the only thing, here, here's my final parting words on this whole thing. We have to, have to, have to look at two things. One, they're looking into voter integrity somewhat here. We need to look mm-hmm. at that, and Trump's looking at that with that computer to see if there was voter integrity issues. Second thing, we need to win by landslides in some areas. So yeah, mm-hmm. if they do tinker with the numbers, we still win. Yep. So I have got to, you guys have got to help me. The next time around, we have got to mobilize the people in huge numbers and focus district by district by district and help all the districts unite and win. Well, you heard two years. Yeah, we're we're definitely looking at encouraging not just voter turnout. We want to encourage more people, more citizens to run for elected offices. Especially like right. the uh, the city council in yeah, Albuquerque, city council, because what they're board. getting ready to try to do to us here this oh coming no- month, yeah. we need to we need to replace those people and vote them out, and we need to replace them with oh, people yeah, that do. believe in the constitution. Yes, but in order we to do, do that, we need more citizens who are willing to make the sacrifice to serve, as opposed to career oriented politicians who are just looking for more positions of power. Right. And very, very, very important and even harder to do is to get people to have to come out in droves to knock on doors and make phone calls. I yes. know a lot of yep. people don't want to do that, yes. but that's what it takes to win. And especially, phone when, and calling. especially when, you know, conservatives are being suppressed online by social media, the big mm-hmm. tech tyrants. Um, yeah, you, you can't depend on advertisements anymore if you're a conservative. You can't depend on social media blasts. Uh, you got to get out. You can't even depend on email. That There have been conservatives whose email distribution accounts have been shut down right before the election. 
Wow. Right. And it has, for, what worked for me was getting information out there. I had a great helper, Gary Person, who was out there delivering a lot of that information for me. Mm-hmm. We threw newsletters and we made tons and tons of phone calls. And yes. that's what it takes. And we sent, we did all of it, emails, texts. Uh, phone calls. I mean, it has to be all of that stuff. Yeah. And it has to be getting the volunteers to do it because you can't, no one's going to come and rescue you and save no. you while you're trying to run for office. No, you have not. to do it all yourself. Yeah. So. And, and props to you, Stephanie. You did it. And yeah. you fought, you right. clawed and fought. And uh, well, what you won by just under, was it two points or just over two points? Yeah. 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 It's, sad. I, yeah. it's sad that you only won by that much. And I actually don't believe sure that you won, you by, won that much. by more. I, that's what I think. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. I think I, they tried to take it away from you. And unfortunately, they just couldn't <laughs> again, uh, come up with enough fraudulent votes to do it. Like you said, go yeah. win by landslides <laughs> yep. so that their cheating gets nullified. And it's not fair, exactly. but it's what we have to do. Yeah. And then well, we have to do exit polls and call people and yes. see if that matches up with what the numbers say. So, yeah, there's things Ooh, we have to yes. do. So, hey, Stephanie, before we go, um, if sure. if you have uh, personal connections with uh, Greg Schmetti's or Yvette Harrell, and you can maybe have them call in to us uh, on one of our shows, we would love to talk to them, too. Yeah, we'd okay, love yeah. to get updates. I'll, I'll, but I'll, okay. Great. It's, I will definitely tell them. Okay. Thanks, Stephanie. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Uh You too. Bye. Bye. So uh, I think we got some more callers in. Nope. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. We're good. We're oh, good. Okay. That one well, went along. I, I so. wanted to go ahead and move on to something you you dropped a little hint on about what our city council here in Albuquerque is getting ready to do to us. Oh yeah. Yeah. December seventh, city council is planning on passing. This neat little piece of, uh, it's not really legislation, what do you call it? Um, I, I, I call it sneaky, but, you know, there, there's an I don't know, I can come up it. with some names, but I don't think I can say <laughs> right. it on the radio. Right. Well, they're, they're planning on passing a way to help the city enforce, better enforce, the governor's public health, you know, emergency health declarations, including and up to... fines for violators Mm -hmm. and 90 days jail time. If you're not scared by that, you should be. Uh, Yes, you should be. I got an article that I pulled off uh, from the KRQE News 13. uh, An article. It was published. That's the one you're looking at. Mm -hmm. And I just highlighted a few things here. It's like, uh, COVID cases continue to... Cases. 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 We hear about cases. What about deaths? That's right. Who cares about cases, okay? We already talked about how the test that they're using on everybody to determine these cases, and by the way, I did the quotation marks that time, um, <laughs> are flawed and unreliable, okay? So, and they're like, literally, like off by as much as 50% False positives. So, in here it says, people who don't feel like they can work with us, it puts another layer of enforcement. And this is by Counselor Borrego. We need to vote this guy out, okay? Remember that guy's Borrego. He needs to freaking Uh, go. Borrego and the other guy, uh, I think it was a gal who um, co-sponsored this. 
But hmm. I don't know if you all if if you all look at social media at all, look at some of the videos that are posted. What we're moving towards, if we allow this kind of nonsense to go through and this uh, sort of uh, infringement upon our constitutional liberty, I saw a video of, and this is in Australia. Okay, normally you think of Australia as being a free country. It's like, wow, I want to go visit Australia and go watch the kangaroos and look at all the other stuff. Okay, I saw a video from Australia where somebody in a ha- in their home was suspected of having the Kung Flu, okay? And they were dragging this guy out of his home. Mm. They came into his home without a warrant, basically stormed into his home, dragging him out of his home, and they are going to take him somewhere, God knows where. To isolate him, probably a camp. Yeah. Okay, so we do have, for years, I've been seeing so-called conspiracy theorists talking about these FEMA camps that have been upgraded all over the country Mm. with fences around them designed to keep people in. These camps are awaiting and ready. So things go too far in this country, you might just end up in one of those FEMA camps. We have to fight against this. This city council meeting, if you can go there... And you it's, can it's going to be virtual. You're oh, gonna it's going to be virtual. So, so what okay. you have to do is you have to go to the, Albu- I believe it's the Albuquerque City website, somehow find the city council section, and then look up, how, do I be, how can I be a part of the next city council session? And I think they send you a Zoom link, something like that. I know a few people... Also, that's a good way to keep us out from participating in the meetings. Precisely. Yeah. Yeah, I know a few people who have tried diligently multiple times to virtually attend these sessions and then try to sign up to ask questions and they're not able to each time. It seems like the people who are asking questions have been previously vetted you know, beforehand to make sure that they don't ask them any tough questions that might be know, uncomfortable in nature. And I'm sorry, when you cannot show up somewhere and look somebody in the face and have them look back at you, that physical connection, I'm sorry, you, you lose your ability to communicate. You know, right. another thing in this that I read, and, and this is something Natalie and I have talked about a number of times. Let me read this part to you. The bill would put new wording into city ordinance, making it illegal to interfere or impede with the enforce, with enforcing the public health order. Okay, so number one, basically what they want to do is they want to have authority to enforce something that is not a law. Okay, a public health order is not a law. So what they want is they want authority to fine you, jail you for something that is not a law. Yeah, no statutes, no existing state statutes, None. not even any city codes, really, not, not any, any city codes that are attached to this. But they would like to make it a de facto code even though they've never passed one that as such, mm-hmm. but a de facto code that, oh, well, because it's a public health order now, it carries the same weight as law. Even though it was not duly passed by our state legislature and signed into law by the governor, two branches, two branches of government, mm-hmm. this is our checks and balances here, people, now, Albuquerque, you know, 
oh my gosh, could, could we be any more bootlickers to Santa Fe and the governor than we are now? I don't think so. Now we're like, no, no, we're, we're going to, here in Albuquerque, we're going to treat the governor's health orders as de facto law, give it the weight of law, and they're giving it the weight of law by prescribing penalties. Penalties as such that are used for law breakers, breakers of actual law, laws passed by legislature. So, establishing penalties for breaking no law. And by right. the way, if you all want to call in, our lines are open, 505-266-1600, and we would love for you to call in, tell us what you think about all this. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that feel as passionate about this as Natalie and I do. Yeah, yeah. But what they're doing is they're looking to take advantage of people's ignorance of how laws are passed, and we did a real simple lesson on passing on how laws are passed last oh, week. Oh yeah, that's right. The bill, oh, the schoolhouse rock. I'm on, I'm just a bill. Anyway, so you need to understand this is not a law, and they're looking to find a way to enforce a non-law. There's just like so many things wrong with that. And and then another another thing in in this article says, and apparently Borrego said this. We have a responsibility to ensure that our public is protected. 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 You know, I can protect myself. Uh, I don't want anybody to protect me. I didn't, I didn't vote for government officials to protect me. No. It, no, I don't. That's why we have our Second Amendment rights, right? Yeah. Right. That's right, and I utilize that, and I... Um, yeah, I'm We're ready. We're doing just fine. We're Thank doing you. just fine. I Looks can... like we got a caller in the Kiva. Caller, join the conversation here with Liberty Ladies Unite. Hi, this is Jerron. Uh, what's what's the name again? Jerron. Oh, Jerron. K I R. Jerron. 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 Okay, that's an unusual. Okay, so how? Uh, so what's on your mind today? So I just wanted to point out that you know, city councils try to pu- uh, push ordinances on. The people, the people have been fooled because laws are the only thing that have the force of law. That's right? right. And that's prescribed in the Constitution, the New Mexico Constitution. It has to be an enacting clause. It has to be passed a certain way. It has to be read on the floor for three, three days, right, mm-hmm. all these things. Ordinances apply to running city government. That's and right. And so a lot of times in the courts, when you start going down that road, the courts will just dismiss it. So it never actually makes it into case law or any other way that can be reported that, you know, oh, the people don't have to follow our edicts. Wow, that's true. That is a very, very good point. Yeah, this that's Albuquerque why, like, City... Pass- yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, when they passed the red light camera stuff, the only way they could enforce that was through civil procedures. Right. There was no other. So it cost me uh, the sale of a house because we were in the process. Actually, us purchasing a house. I was in the process of that. My wife and, you know, whatever you want to look at it, got flashed by one of those cameras. Mm. And then uh, all of a sudden, I had a clear credit. We were right at like $7.99. And then uh, they they dinged our credit and dropped us almost uh, like $4.50. And what? you lose a lot. 
you lose a lot when you're dinged by a city or something like that because there's no way to get out of it. You can't reconcile it, right? You have to go through and either pay the fine. Yeah. And the thing was, is there was no adjudication. It didn't, there was no, That's right. um, which, there was no due process. There was nothing like that. So, well, you know, Democrats don't believe in due process, and we've seen that over and over again over the past few years. Well, right. And, and so the other thing that people don't really know about is we don't really have a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like a misbehaving, a civil misbehavior statute, right? When you right. go and you look at oh, misconduct, when you go look at that in the statutes, it talks about bribery, talks about election stuff, right? Like the past Secretary of State got busted for using finance uh, campaign funds right. for gambling, right? But there's no misconduct. So when you go look at the Texas statutes, they have uh, just a straight up, you know, if you are denied a, uh, a right through due process that you're supposed to have, mm-hmm. uh, they, they have a misdemeanor fine for public officials. And oh. we have nothing like that. I like that. We should have that. We should. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Oh, well, good luck getting... Yeah, good good luck getting city council to pass that, or even the legislative yeah, body. Not going to happen. Well, I was hoping Henderson would win, or Hendricks would win, so that he could be, you know, he's an attorney, and and he would be in the, if he'd have won, then, you know, he's in my district, so I could have talked to him about that. You know what? Maybe he did. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Well, you, so there's a lot of tricks Daddy, and stuff that are there. Mom wants you. Okay, just a second. <laughs> All right, so there's a lot of um, paths to go down. It really requires researching the, you know, reading our Constitution and looking at our statutes, mm-hmm. right, because that, that Public Health Order Act is supposed to give, right there in the first part in the 12-A, like I think another call, caller's pointed out before, they're supposed to um, protect your civil liberties and your rights before anything else in, in when they implement those public health orders. You know, and that and, makes civil liberties. It, it, where's the ACLU during all this? Right. Why aren't they out there defending our they civil liberties? They ghosted us. They ghosted us a long time ago. Yeah. I tried contacting them back in You think they really March? care about civil yeah. liberties? I don't back. think so. Haven't heard back from them since. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I gotta go, ladies. I gotta take care of some family business. Too. I hear you. Well, thank you for the call. Thank you so well, much. I appreciate that. It. Have a good day. Yep. Bye. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now that that really is that's a great point. Um, city councils aren't supposed to actually pass law. They're only supposed to pass anything pertaining to regulating the government day-to-day business at their level, whether that's county level, city level. So the, this next section, I'm going to read off your last page of this, this article from KRQ News 13. And the thing is that gets me about this, this is written by somebody there, and it's like, why are they not saying what we're saying about this stuff? It, it, this re- Borrego says, if approved. Oh, we got an open line there. Hey, oh, well. Jaybird, we have a problem there on the phone. We have a dot. Yeah, we need to get that line turned off. Phone? There, there we, we go. go. Got it. You. Okay. So, Borrego says, if approved, the bill could also include penalties 
like up to 90 days in jail for refusing to comply with the public health order. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then it's blah, 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 and it hopes the this added city ordinance on top of state law. Well, there is no law. No, there's no law. Okay, not a law. Okay, remember this, people. That's the key thing. It's not a law. Period. It's not. Yeah, it, it's unlawful. And if they're going to fine you... For $500 or try to put you in jail for $90, um, yeah, we should see them in court about that one. Yeah. Because, again, yeah, city ordinances aren't supposed to be laws in and of themselves. And if they're trying to uphold non-laws as having the weight of law, uh, yeah, that's a problem. That's a huge problem. And, yeah, we would hope that any court would throw that out. But see, here's the thing, and I've been a big proponent of this, that we need to fight on multiple fronts. Earlier, we challenged the people in the medical community. Find your fight, however you guys can, even if it's, it's just a little bit of pushback. Find your fight. The medical session, section of our society needs to find their fight. The legislative section, as we, as we talked with Stephanie Lord about, um, she's fighting that fight on that front, as are many other people as well, and pushing back on, hey, you know, uh, we the people supposed to be able to be present for these sessions, but do not ignore the judicial fight. And I know a lot of people say, well, it's kind of useless to bring litigation concerning this stuff in New Mexico because she owns the Supreme Court. Every little bit that we can do is helpful. And even if, Judges or di- certain district judges are going to be just dismissing, um, you know, cases and complaints about civil rights being violated, the masks being, you know, against our civil rights and our health rights and, and ADA, ADA, AA, things like that. Even if you think, well, the judge is just going to dismiss this, fine. Make them be on record dismissing it two dozen times, three dozen, two hundred times. Make them go on record. And then when that judge comes up for re-election or retention or whatever the situation situation is, we need to make everybody know who that judge is, and that judge needs to go. Yeah, no more retention for you. Yeah. So we don't discount the fact that you can do a little something. And I would challenge challenge the lawyers out there, find your fight. Because if you care about law and order and justice, please join the fight on this. Because law and order and justice are about to get flushed down the toilet. We need uh, lawyers out there that are patriotic Freedom-loving, Freedom constitution-loving. We need you to volunteer your time to save your country. Or at Just, the very least, be willing to take on some of these cases, even if you think the judge isn't going to you know, honor them. It's now a matter of record. Mm-hmm. This happened. A judge ruled this way on it. It's two, if 200 people, for example, could bring lawsuits against some of these big-box stores that are constantly violating our rights by illegally and unlawfully upholding these unlawful mask mandates. 
do you think that would get the attention of their legal department? Oh, you betcha it would get their attention. If a bunch of people are making the arguments constitutionally, the constitutional arguments against these lockdowns and are suing you know, various members of the government, you know, maybe even the governor herself. And I happen to know that there are lawsuits, by the way, that are out there, open, currently, against the governor. Uh, you think that those might raise some eyebrows and get some attention? It, we lose 100% of the battles that we don't fight, and we need to fight on many, many different fronts and yes one of those and I know a lot of people find it intimidating but one of the big fronts is the judicial front if you are someone who feels like you've been done wrong during this whole lockdown and that you may have a case then by all means please try to find a lawyer who will help you bring that case, or better yet, if you have experience representing yourself in the past, even if it's just with a parking ticket, you can go pro se. Now, I'm not giving anybody legal advice, but again, this is a fight, and this is a fight that has to be fought. So we've got a screenshot here, or I'm sorry, it looks like a message Oh, I see. We've got a fan. We've got a aw. We've got a super <laughs> fan. Aw. So, so it looks like Suzanne um, thinks that uh, we're crazy. <laughs> well, maybe a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit crazy. Oh my gosh, I love it. I love it. So, what was it? A few weeks ago, we had someone named Chris who who Chris. called in and kept forgetting I'm just to bring call his him facts. Chris, Chris the liberal. Right. Yeah, we right. haven't heard from him, though, I guess. Uh, yeah, so, so now, now we've got another super fan. Suzanne, thank Suzanne, you for calling yeah. us crazy. Yeah, apparently, apparently we are crazy. Okay, that, apparently, that's Apparently cool. we're triggering Suzanne a little bit, so we must be doing something right. Well, so here's, uh, here's the thing. Suzanne is going to, as she puts it, boycott the advertiser. So uh, this, is, this is where all of you <laughs> out there, this is where all of you out there in Radioland need to step up. Okay, um, oh because th- this show is it, th- these are two women that are on this show, and w- what they keep running into is people like Suzanne here who think, well, because they're women, they have to be a liberal, they have to be a Democrat, they have to be on our side, and yeah. if they're not on no. our side, they're an enemy, and that's what they keep facing. So when when you're listening to this show, you guys need to go out and support the advertisers that you hear on this radio station. Tell them that you heard their advertisements on this radio station. Let support them, them in droves. Yeah. Or, or better them. yet, if you would like to become an advertiser on this well, station. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, contact yeah. us. Um, we, we would we, love to advertise for you. And go to rockoftalk.chat, too. Yes. Support the radio station. That, that's the biggest way that you can support this radio station. Go there. Go to radio, the advertisers that advertise on this radio. Let them know that you heard them here. And you support free, independent, thinking, liberty-minded women. Some people like Suzanne are very, very uh, threatened by people that are out speaking about your personal liberty and the Constitution. Uh, I don't know why they feel threatened by that, but it's like we're 
We're basically speaking out for liberty for all of you, including Suzanne's liberty. That's right, Suzanne. And Chris's we're, liberty. We're actually advocating for you all to so make the choices like, in your own life. Whether you like freedom or not, we're still fighting for it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, by the way, if anybody wants to call in, the number again is 505-266-1600. We'd love to hear from you. Yes. Give us a call. And, yeah, I definitely want to highly recommend that rockoftalk.chat. It's a website. It's not an application. It's really easy to use if you're old school and you don't use smartphones or applications. All you got to do is go to the website. Yes. And uh, it's it's an amazing value uh, with all the information you can get on there. And we just post everything. And, you know, Natalie and I spend our week before we come in here on Saturday digging and digging and digging, and we go through. And anything that we come out and say that is, in fact, a fact, we actually We pull, have stuff to back it we up. We have references to prove it. Uh, and we may occasionally mention a something that is something they consider a conspiracy theory, and we will tell you if it's something we haven't verified. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a theory or if it's a personal assessment or opinion. That's right. And we're, and we're entitled to those. That's right. So we do distinguish those things. We aren't, we're not out there trying to push something that is, in fact, not verified. You know, kind of like you hear a lot of these uh, mainstream news outlets where they're talking about unfounded uh, voter fraud allegations, things like, no, it's not unfounded. There really is evidence. There are hundreds or thousands of affidavits out there of people that witness this stuff going on. There is actual proof. It's not unfounded. It's not a conspiracy theory. It is real. Yes. And, and I do, do also want to say, to, just to kind of finish off and round out um, the section on city council here, yeah, if if you don't re- believe that city councils should be passing bills to further enforce public health orders with fines and, oh yeah, up to 90 days jail time, call your city councilors. Please call them. Um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and put the link to find your city councilor online in our annotated notes, but you can also just type in when you, in your search engine, Find Albuquerque, find my Albuquerque City Councilors. It'll take you directly to the website. But please call them before December 7th. Call them on December 7th. Let's blast them. Let's email them. Let's, uh, let's just inundate them and, and let them know that you're not happy about this bill and you do not want them to support this bill. It's unlawful. It's unconstitutional. So who do we have in the Kiva? Well, before we get to that, I just want to send out a personal invitation here. Suzanne, you know who you are. You're welcome to call the show. We would That's love right. to hear from you. Absolutely. Right. You can call in. We're not afraid. All right. Call All right. You're in the Kiva. Go ahead. Yeah, hi. Uh, I called earlier, but I just had a couple more things to say, if that's all right. Sure. Yeah, what was your name? Sorry, what was your name? Uh, Sam. Sam. Thanks again for yeah. calling Sam. Yeah. Hey, um, uh, a while back you were talking about how the government says, oh, you know, they're doing all this to protect us. Uh, but in, I, 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 look, I see them like uh, back in the day they had those thugs who would go around to the different businesses and say uh-huh. they wanted protection money. Remember, you know, those people? Protection racket. Uh, yeah. yeah. At least the mob but, is more honest about it. Yeah. 
In fact, you were being protected from them. <laughs> That's yeah. why, why I had to pay them. <laughs> right. But, um, yeah. Uh, and I, I agree with you having uh, that we should have access to the roundhouse and be able to attend all these meetings. But uh, I got a funny quick story about having access to the roundhouse. This took place in the late 70s, around 78, 79. I was about 10, 11 years old, and I used to attend a uh, Catholic school here in Albuquerque called uh, Our Lady Fatima. And um, we went to the roundhouse on a field trip to uh, protest uh, abortion. Mm-hmm. So everybody had all their signs printed up and everything. And we got there. And we all, uh, 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 are you still there? Yeah, we're oh, still we're here. here. We're here. Yeah, uh, we, uh, we were, you know, protesting, marching around the, the roundhouse, protesting abortion. Well, uh, a friend of mine, his name is Jimmy, he had some flowers that he brought with him. He wanted to give them to the governor at the time. I guess it was Bruce King who was governor at the time. Mm. And he says, hey, let's, we're outside. He says, hey, let's go find the governor, give him these flowers. So we went in the roundhouse. Somehow we found his office. We went upstairs and in the corner there. And we knocked on the door and no answer. So we jiggled the door and the door opened. And we walked in his office. Nobody was in there. Real fancy office. Had the big seal of New Mexico on the wall. Big fancy wooden desk and big nice leather chair. Real nice. So uh, nobody was there. We left the flowers on the desk. <laughs> we had some first time, so we started going through his drawers and everything. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we didn't steal nothing, but I, I just remember that. How we were opening his drawers and seeing what was in his drawers. And we didn't take <laughs> nothing. But, yeah, we had, we had real access to the roundhouse there. Wow. So, and how, how long ago things. was this? You said Oh, that King? was 78, around 78, 79. It was Bruce King. When he was governor, wow. it's past the statute of limitations. We'll just say that. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I remember. I, You're I, probably I okay. <laughs> yeah, I remember pulling out this lighter out of his desk. It, was, it had like a little leather boot around it. I thought, ooh, that's cool, but I didn't take it. And we just put everything back and put the flowers on and left. But there was nobody there. We just walked right in. I thought wow. it was funny. Oh, that's wow. some real access, isn't it? That's yeah. nice. I like it. Back when it was still the people's house. Thank you, Sam. Appreciate that. (laughs) So the number here is 505-266-1600. That's right. If you want to join the conversation, we always welcome all opinions. I mean, it's great if you agree with us, you all, but it's also great if you disagree with us. Um, We love that. Go ahead. Call us. Disagree with us. But warning you, you got to bring your facts, not just talking points. Right, Rebecca? Exactly. <laughs> Talking so, points. If you're just a walking bumper sticker. Eh. So if I tell you everybody knows, does that work? Is that cool? Is that, can I say that? Everybody just knows. So it's a fact. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. If you can substantiate that, sure. But you got to substantiate your claim. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so I'm I'm looking up here now on the map. Find your counselor. Map of Albuquerque. City districts. Oh, yeah. I found ours, John. Yeah, let's see here. I believe we're... Oh, no, wait. Are we District 4? Okay, I gotta go. I gotta act. I guessed the wrong district here. That looks. That doesn't look like us. Oh, we're District 7. Okay. Well, if you're District 4, uh, your counselor is Brooke Bassan. Brooke Bassan. And, yep, there's her phone number on the website, so you can call her. If you're like us and your district is, I think we're District 7, then it's Diane Gibson. So all of this information about your city councilors is publicly available. Go find it online, get their number, 
and call them and tell them not to support this bill. Looks like we got more callers in the Kiva. Who do we have next? Hey, caller, you're in the Kiva. What's your name? Carolyn. Hey, Carolyn. I don't live in Albuquerque. Well, that's, that's okay. okay. <laughs> we got another listener outside. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you got lots of listeners outside. So, so how are you? How are you listening to us, Carolyn? Uh, on the website? On the radio. On the radio. Oh, on the radio. So whereabouts I are you? I work around inside and outside in the yard all day, and huh? and I have a radio going. Okay. So your whereabouts are you? Are you? In Los Lunas. Oh, Los Lunas. Ah. Okay, well, that's well, Hey, it's rural still rural New Mexico. It's still New Mexico. It's, yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah, we're, we're here for all of New Mexico, Our not just Albuquerque. Our county was red. <laughs> that, oh, I am so jealous right now. You just had to shove that in my face. <laughs> I'm hurt. <laughs> now, go ahead, Carolyn. What's on your mind today? Uh, I just wanted to, I'm, I, since I don't live in Albuquerque, I can't do anything about you know the situation there mm-hmm. but um i have been so upset that i'm 73 and mm-hmm. you know like bill gates and all those depopulate the world people oh yes. yeah I, if we're 75 we've lived long enough you that's know that's right and and i thought well you know i'm healthy mm-hmm. you can use my skills uh could i uh <laughs> yeah, you, you've got wisdom that you've built up. You've I just, got experience. I just maybe, maybe if if they had a military for older people to join and have uh, not so hard a training, <laughs> we could have a we could have a militia. So, so you don't think you could carry a soldier over your shoulders and and run I through the battlefield know. with them? I've carried some pretty heavy things around this acre. So, but, so let, let me get this straight. You're, you're you're considering a branch of the the, or you're a proponent of a senior branch of the militia. <laughs> what I'm saying, there's a lot of us that are healthy. That's true. And, That's true. And and we have our firearms and and the ammo and me we have too. the knowledge and. Uh, why I couldn't love there it. be something? I love it. I like so it. Rather than, much. rather than euthanize us at seventy five. That's right. A senior <laughs> citizen a senior citizen that's packing, I like it. Well you know yeah. I think one of the best things you can do is make sure that uh Younger generations know the history. I mean, make sure that they... Well, they, they... I've got grandkids and kids that I would, I would be willing to go fight for. Good. Well, wow. you know, I would so too, Carolyn. So the, the liberties I've had. I'm, I'm with you. And, you know, I'm, I hate to yeah. say this, but I'm approaching that area. That That's age. true. I mean, I'm going on 60. Yeah. My kids were so shocked when they heard that the other day. Really? They're like, "What? That I'm almost sixty? Yeah, they could not believe that. Yeah, they're like, "She's almost as old as Grandma." <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, she's still. Rebecca's still pretty spry. I would not want to tangle with yeah. her. Well, th- thank but anyway, you. <laughs> I would be willing. Well, to tell you <laughs> me what, too. Caroline, I'm with you. It's tell like pick, pick me, coach. T- <laughs> tell you what, Caroline. Um, See if you can't contact this your branch of the civil guard in Los Lunas and yeah yeah see see what they say about about okay. uh, training and and what you can do because there, yeah. there's lots of roles for us to fill in our different talents not every <laughs> not everyone uh, 
has to be a private on the field. Um, there, there's, right. there's room for quartermasters right. and den mothers yep. and all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, contact your civil guard Absolutely. in your area. Do that. I love that. And I've been to some great rallies up in Santa Fe. So oh, well, I've, I've Last prob- Saturday was wonderful. Wait, when did you go? You went last Saturday? Yeah, last yep. Saturday. Did you go early in the morning or in the afternoon? We uh, congregated because all 33 counties were going okay. to Santa Fe. Okay. And uh, we wanted to stop... <laughs> madness. Oh, I hear you. Well, like, right. But anyway, uh, we just we had our Trump flags and Trump, nice. you know, everything. And the and the, it, it was really sad because Coy Griffith, you know, yeah, was Cowboys there, and Trump. he had invited, you know, our Republican people, and nobody showed up. Well, you know, Carolyn, I was there, too, so you probably saw me. I had the table set up for Impeach MLG. Oh, this was Saturday, not Tuesday. Oh, she was there Tuesday. Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she was there Saturday. Okay, yeah, Saturday. Saturdays, unfortunately, oh. Rebecca and I are here in yeah, studio, yeah. so we can't join yeah. you guys out there anymore, but, you know, we, yeah. we still love to give updates we're, and We're reports. trying to recruit people that yeah. when they go to things on Saturday, they'll uh, work on getting some of those petitions signed. Yeah. By the way, we want to mention that. We haven't done that yet today. Impeachmlg.com. The impeach MLG Bless petitions you. and printed out a bunch of them and Bless you. Take them, take them, them with you. Things before the election, so mm-hmm. everybody had a chance to sign it and send it in. I yeah. hope they did. Let's keep getting so. them. Yeah, we still need to get yeah. them in. We still got to work. That's another war. That's another front. Another <laughs> battle we got to fight. Try to get rid of this governor. Impeachmlg.com. Yeah. Print, sign, right. mail it in. Right. Rinse and repeat with your friends, family. <laughs> but again, no pets. Yeah. No pet. pets. No parakeets. No. no cats. Sorry. No. Sorry. <laughs> what if it's a well, dead God cat? Bless you for what a you're dead doing. cat. Well, thank you, Carolyn. <laughs> thank okay, you thank so you. much. Thank you keep you. up the good fight, woman. Keep it up. Awesome. Uh, who else do we have in the Kiva? Right. Melvin. Hey, hey Melvin. Melvin. You, did you call us earlier? Yes, I did. Okay. I just uh, wanted to call and add uh, with the conversation about the legality and, and contacting our congressman. Our, our, city uh, council. I'm sorry, city council. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Anyways, remind them uh, what happened with the red light cameras and you're mentioning that and, oh. and how that went. Oh, that's a good point. Remind your city council members what happened with the red light cameras. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But people got super mad when when those were all in here. And uh, like a previous caller even mentioned, that wasn't strictly legal in no. seeing those ci- the red lights because the city of Albuquerque had almost no say in it well, whatsoever. Yeah, when you get accused of a crime, which, okay, a traffic incident <laughs> is a crime, um, you're, you're ha- supposed to be able to go to court and, and face, face your, your accuser. accuser. I actually right. challenged one of those tickets that I got, and it was dismissed because I went there and it's like, well, I, I want to face my accuser. Well, guess mm-hmm. what? Uh, my accuser couldn't face me, so it got dismissed. Yep, and they were eventually banned and taken out so yes very good point Uh, remind your city councilors when you call them remember what happened the last time you tried to pull something on us without our consent yeah didn't end so well didn't end so well well thank you so much melvin again for calling us with that little tidbit that that's very helpful thank you 
So who else do we have in the Kiva? Hello, caller. Hi, You're is, on. Uh, hello? Hi, this is Ashley. Hi, Ashley. Hi. I um, I heard that uh, Lady Susanna called and she said to boycott your advertisers. That that just made me want to, <laughs> um, you know, support the advertisers. Oh, yeah. I have plenty of friends who agree. Well, well, well it's it's actually, it's even worse than that. She didn't even dare call. Apparently, she texted in. Yeah. To mm. someone that, mm. yeah. <laughs> often people are often people are kind of cowardly. Often people are kind of cowardly and don't want to face you uh, or talk to you. They'll send a cowardly little text in, and it's like it's like a drive-by texting, you know? Well, cause I, yeah, because see, I have a whole bunch of like friends who agree here that we can't be forced to do this stuff. This is no. it's a lawful, it's and it's wrong. Absolutely. Well, you, you know the boycotting that. Remember a while back when there were people criticizing Chick Fil A and trying to trying to <laughs> boycott trying to boycott them. them, and it's like they they got huge <laughs> amounts of business. There's lines going out to the street going to yeah, Chick Fil A. Yeah, they had opened they had opened like four stores in New York, and each store was crowded around lunchtime. It was the best thing. That, lines wrapping around the block. It was yeah. the best thing that ever happened that. to Chick Fil A. Yeah. Best thing ever. Yeah, that's hilarious. I, so that, yeah, she just made me want to support you guys as advertisers, and I, you know, it's, it's, I hope you come to her senses and realizes that we're all being controlled here, and it's it's terrible. Well, that's what we've been trying to do. We've been trying to wake people up. Oh well, thank you so much for wanting to support us, Ashley. Thank Definitely you guys. support thank you. any of the advertisers that you hear advertised on this station. Yeah, and the Rock of Talk Chat is only like five yes. bucks a month or fifty-five years. That's like a the really best minimal way to support this station. And so that's really a, a, the best way right now because honestly, a lot of businesses out there are being destroyed by this governor, and it's kind of hard to sell advertisement right now it because they really don't have hard. the money. It is. It is really hard. I mean, obviously, if any of you know or if you're business owners who can afford advertising right now and would love to support us, please contact you know, the Rock of Talk, contact the Kiva, yep. uh, or email us at libertyladiesunite@gmail.com and let us know that you'd love to sponsor us and to you know maybe buy some advertising on here. That's great. But if you can't, that's okay. Everyone can support us by going to rockoftalk.chat. Sign up for a month. Sign up for a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, either either way, and then what you get is you actually get support. We're building a huge community right now of people who love freedom and love New Mexico and love Albuquerque, if you're in Albuquerque. And we're, we're just getting this huge hub of people on Dot Chat. It's oh, amazing. Yeah. And there's, there's people that post comments on there, and you can reply to the comments. I get in a reply to a comment here and there myself. Oh, yeah. and, Dowd and Muska should not shave his head yet. He should definitely <laughs> grow dreads. Dowd, if you're listening, start the dread movement. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was one of our arguments earlier. This oh, week. I see. <laughs> but yeah, go, go to rockoftalk.chat. That's how you can support the station and join the community, join the conversation, and oh, you 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 will get so much stuff in your inbox. You know, there, there's a daily list that goes out, like the articles of the day, the links of the day, um, which is a lot of my reading as well, and sometimes yeah. it coincides with our it's uh, such our a research. Great alternative to the fake news mainstream it media is it really is. So thanks again, Ashley, and everyone out there who does want to support us. 
We think that that's just great. So again, the number here is 505-266-1600. That's right. Join the conversation uh, in the Kiva. Still waiting for Suzanne. Doesn't look like she's listening. Oh, Oh, Suzanne, don't break my heart. Come Mm. on. That that was such a great text. You got to just like call in and and let us really know how you feel. Because I don't think we quite understood. You know, it's funny because, well, if she is listening, okay, cool. Uh, Why isn't she listening to something else? Because there's nothing else. Right. Right. <laughs> well, you know, she can't help herself. She's got to listen to it. She just can't help herself. Yeah, I mean, and I bet Chris is out there listening to it. I, mean, I, I bet he's a loyal listener. Well, I, we were talking earlier this week, Rebecca, how you and I have tried to listen to other stations locally and mm-hmm. other talk show hosts. Um, who is it that you were trying to listen to? Was it Darren White? Oh, my God, Darren. That's a, he's he's unlistenable. Eric Strauss oh. is another one that's just it's I've, like I've oh my tried God. to listen that's to Eric Strauss two minutes and I'm done. If that I'm like I I I feel like I'm dumber. I just lost more more brain cells than if I wore a mask all day long. Right. Yeah. 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 And and and, it, and it's interesting because it's come to our attention that people who sometimes call into Darren White or Eric Strauss's show and some of these other stations like KKOB or KUNM, I think. They're getting banned if they mention the Kiva or if they mention impeachmlg.com or a variety of, you know, whatever else that station thinks is unmentionable. Mm -hmm. Now, it used to be that unmentionables meant your underwear. But now (laughs) it just happens to be anything that these stations don't think is um, PC or correct or quite in line with, you know, public opinion regardless of the fact that their their callers represent public opinion yeah. so why the heck are you banning callers from your station when your stations are about are supposed to be about representing public well, opinionables are words that come out of the mouths of the basket of deplorables oh, oh there we go i'm a yeah. proud deplorable and i guess we're in a basket together and I guess now we're unmentionable, deplorable. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, we got another caller in the Kiva. Go ahead, caller. What's your name? Hey, it's Ben. I'm calling back again. Woohoo! We <laughs> got, got repeats today. We got another another listener. My sister Christina. Yay! Oh, shout out to her. She's hey, Christina. Right hey, Christina. You can call us too. You know. And uh, now you're an honorary Liberty Lady. Oh, that's right. Christina T. Christina T. Christina T. Love it. Ben, are you just recruiting all your family members? I tell everybody that I can about the Kiva and the truth that Eddie Aragon and you guys are spreading on (laughs) 93.7. Now, make sure they all know about uh, Rock of Talk Chat, too. And Rock of... Yeah, so times if you can't listen to the radio, you can go there and, and listen, download the podcast. So I guess Ben is now our honorary recruiter. Yes, you get the recruiting badge, Ben. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> so, so uh, Eddie, uh, last week and maybe even earlier this week, had a fellow on, Michael Yearden or Yeadon. Yes. Dowd said it one way, and Eddie said it another way. What's mm-hmm. his last name? Do you guys... No offhand. Uh, give me a moment, and I can pull that up. Do you remember what day that was? Are you talking about no, from Pfizer? You mentioned it earlier about talking about talking about the RNA testing versus oh, yes, the, the, the T PCR. cell testing. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, yeah, the, Dowd, the doctor. The doctor Michael uh, Dowd said at Yeadon. Uh, so that'd be the Pfizer, uh, ex Pfizer vice president, Michael Yeadon. <clears throat> okay, so it was Yeadon. Y E A D O N. Excellent. Yes. And you and of course you can in, find that on rockoftalk.chat as well if you want to listen to him again. Yeah. Incredible and it just shows the the crud we're being fed by uh all facets of the government. Absolutely. No, I, I, absolutely. And and of course you're going to find a lot of things here on the Kiva and Rock of Talk dot, uh Rock of Talk and on rockoftalk.chat are being um, played on the airwaves for you that the mainstream media won't, and articles that are you know made available to you that the Google search engines like to suppress. Yeah, so go go to rockoftalk.chat, and um, it's November 26th is when you'll see that uh, that cast. Yeah, he aired it on I Thanksgiving Day. I signed up a couple of days ago. My little uh, my subscription subscription hasn't taken effect yet. But on a lighter note, are the silly hoarding people of New Mexico? Uh. I couldn't find green chili anywhere. What? So now they're hoarding green yes. chili? Okay, hang on, hang on. Yes, they're hoarding green chili. At least that chili. makes more sense than hoarding yeah, all the toilet I, paper. I, I was, I was going to say, i got to defend this <laughs> yeah. one. At least it's... Well, you don't need that toilet paper if you're hoarding yeah, green that's chili. True. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but you know, it, at least we're being New Mexican in our hoarding habits. Cause but you know what? Holidays, before green chili! Le- <laughs> before my lovely grandma Griego died, she taught me how to make red chili. And you know oh, what? Yes. We're having we're having red chili uh, mm. turkey enchiladas tonight. So, uh, so that's that's a, a use you found for the leftover turkey. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> turkey enchiladas. Oh, I think we need to start a new tradition then. Like all the leftover turkey, the next day just have like a big ench uh, or not enchilada, a uh, tamale making party or an enchilada tamale making party. or oh. enchilada casserole yes. making party or whatever you like to eat. Yeah. 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 So th- that's a great idea. As long as it great includes idea. turkey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing is is for uh, several days after Thanksgiving everything includes turkey. Yeah, pretty much. You can't get away from even that. my cats are ga- even my cats are going to be eating turkey for the next several days. Enchiladas, yes, ma'am. <laughs> Take care. Thank we'll you, Rec- you. Thank you, Recruiter Ben. Bye now. <laughs> Bye-bye. So, oh. you know, while I'm thinking about it, I want to, you know, I told you I was going to do my explanation of my thing I say at the end of each of our shows. Oh, yes. yes. Okay, at the end of each of our shows, I say resistance is not futile, and you'll hear me say that today at the end of our show. So what I want to do for those of you that are not Star Trek fans, uh, which I'm a big Star Trek fan. I'm not a Star Trek fan, but I'm familiar with it. So, okay, yeah. so I want to explain to you the significance of what I'm saying, okay? Basically, on Star Trek, there's a race of cyborg beings called the Borg, okay? Cyborg, and they call themselves the Borg. They're basically genetically, technologically enhanced uh, People like us, you know, people. And they travel through the galaxy conquering other people before they believe they are, Im- and they believe they're imperfect and that everybody needs to be like them. Yeah, yeah but, well, so, so the Borg <laughs> believe that all the 
other civilizations are imperfect, but the Borg is perfect. So, well, they're they're uh, they're trying to move towards perfection. perfection. Okay. Okay. So what they do is they go through and they ins- and they basically enslave other races. So they capture other people. They inject them with nanoprobes. They install attachments to their bodies. Any of this sounding familiar? They take over their minds and they take away their free will and sense of individuality. Mm. They basically become drones that mindlessly follow the instructions of the collective. Sounds familiar. Doesn't it? Sounds totally... Can you see the parallel? Are you sure that this is... uh, Okay, now maybe Luhan Wuhan decided to rip off Gene Roddenberry. I kind of wonder. I kind of wonder. Huh. You know, we could easily take this and we could turn it into a parody... We could have some fun with that. Maybe oh, wow. we need to do that. Maybe. Ooh, maybe there'll be some parodies in our future. Mm. I, I think we have an idea some for a parody over stuff. Christmas, right? Yeah, there we go. Right. So and whenever I say my resistance is not futile at the end of the show, you can just kind of visualize that, what I just said. Yeah, we refuse to give in to the Borg. Yeah. Refuse. I will not comply. And, I, and I'm sorry, Luhan Wuhan is not nearly as hot as Seven of Nine. No, not even close. <laughs> see, see, I'm not a Trekkie, but I remember Seven of you remember Nine. Seven of I remember nine. her. That's right. And I remember Odo, Odo. from Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine, that's yep. right. He was a shapeshifter. Shapesh- that's why I remember him. That's that was right. the coolest thing. I wanted to be huh? Odo when I grew up. Oh, really? Okay. I wanted to be a shapeshifter. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's the coolest thing. That was the coolest character, in my yeah, opinion, was in all of cool. Star Trek. But here's an interesting thing about Odo. What? Okay, remember the villains in Deep Space Nine, the the most the worst villains? Mm-hmm. They were called the Dominion. <gasps> the Dominion. 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 Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. That's right. And yeah, the Dominion. You didn't want to mess with the Dominion. They <coughs> in in the first thing where they showed the Dominion where a galaxy clash starship That's ends right. up confronting them. They just blasted that galaxy clash starship to smithereens with no effort whatsoever. They were really, really bad. Wow. And they were called the Dominion. Oh, okay. Mind blown. And on that note, we got a caller in the Kiva. Go ahead, caller. What's your name? My name is Jared. Hi, Jade. Jared, how are you doing? J- Jared. I'm Jared. doing. Okay. Jared, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing really well. Um, I've been listening to you all for a couple of weeks, and yeah, I'm. I'm thoroughly impressed. So we haven't disappointed so far. Disappointed? Are you kidding? <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I just, we we just have fun in here, and uh, no, re- I, you know we look forward to coming in here too. We have fun doing this. Yeah, oh, you guys are kicking butt. Thank I mean, you. Honestly, I, I don't know if we can say whatever, but <laughs> that, that, yeah, that you can say that. Yeah. I think butt is okay, right? Yeah, okay. Well, I was going to say something else, but you get the idea. <laughs> I'm not sure about that one, though. Uh, that's that one's iffy. But what's that on your mind today? Thing, that board thing you were just talking about, see. Are you a trek? Like are you a trekkie? Um, yeah, yeah, pretty much. You I know, very, so very, many very things on Star Trek parallel what's it's, what's going on in the world. I think Gene Roddenberry. That's every every show he had. It had like a a connection to like some kind of real issue going on. Oh, it's bloody creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, especially I. You know, I just turned fifty in July. Okay, so I'm not a kid anymore. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm watching, you know, I'm, I'm with you. Forget the cable. I'm not going to pay for television. No way. Mm-hmm. But the last few weekends, um, Comet, you know, Channel 43 has been running the Star Trek. Oh, Marathon. yeah, I love Comet. That's a good station. I watch that sometimes, yeah, too. Yeah, I, you know, I watch that. All I watch is the old stuff Yeah. anymore because I can't deal with the new stuff. It's like, are you kidding me? Really? Yeah. It, it's so much propaganda. Eddie, Eddie's talked about yeah. how um, Hollywood especially has been programming us via you know very, very subtle things and not so subtle things in movies and TV shows for decades. So yeah, yeah we, we we try to avoid the programming whenever possible because yeah we we just don't yeah. need that propaganda in our lives. Kind of like the Disney movies that have the like the pizza slice thing in them. Wow! Wow! You know, no, it's um, it's it's creepy. Thank you very much. It, if you know what you're looking for, mm-hmm. it's very bizarre. I opened my eyes about, I don't know, maybe four years ago with Alex Jones. Actually, no, that was very more like Four years ago, I totally opened my eyes. Cool. And you and know Alex Jones is aired on Sundays here, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, Alex know, Jones I, is awesome. I listen to him on Rumble every day. Awesome. You know, of course, the mainstream media yeah. tried to destroy Alex Jones and make him out to be some yeah. kind of conspiracy theory wackadoodle. And but yeah, if they figured if they could do it to him, they could do it to anybody. And yeah. That's yeah. Well, yeah, they did it to Milo Yiannopoulos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you can do it to that dude, holy moly! Yeah. Honestly, I mean, he's everything that they say they stand for, and yet, yep. boom, there he went. Yep. Yeah, he he, he was. You know, uh, Flaming gay Catholic conservative, and the left could not get over what they perceived as his idiosyncrasies, and they had to shut him down because he was uber effective. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And fabulous. And fabulous. Totally fabulous. But just not that kind of fabulous. No. Yeah. No, No, wrong, fabulous, darling. Yeah. Yeah, that, I've actually was I did a lot of background. Okay, I was in um, three seasons, just a couple episodes here and there of Breaking Bad. I was in a whole lot of other things. Cool. And I got, I got the time. Yeah, it was a lot of fun at the time. Until now, I look back at it and I'm like, holy crap! I almost wanted to be like those people. Wow. Yeah. Because what you see is not what you get. No. No. What was the name of that movie yeah. that had the alien? He got stranded on Earth, and he was he was, he was like an animated character, and, and it had. Um, Isn't it Bob or something like that? Trying, Ted. No, yeah, no, not the, Ted. The, the little short one. The two guys, uh, Simon Pegg was in it, um, and yeah, and, and Nick Frost. Guy, right? Yeah, um, I was an extra in that movie. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I'm trying to remember the name of it. I can't remember the name of it now. God, what's the name? Of it? I thought it was Bob. No, it's not that. It's a name. That's the name of the movie. The name of the alien. That was the name of the movie. Come on, Jay Bird. You know all the Simon <laughs> Pegg movies. I'm running. I'm running through my head right Simon, now. <laughs> Simon Pegg and Nick yeah, Frost are in it. I'm running it through my head. It's called IMDb. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's cheating. It's not cheating. Cheating. Uh, um, I could have done thinking, that. I'm rubbing my head. <laughs> the great huzzah is about to come up with the answer for you, and it is Paul. Paul, Paul. there we go. Yeah, and you know, okay. I I was an extra yeah. in that movie, and I spent like God, like a few days there, long days on the set in that thing. 
And the one thing that they liked about me is they were calling, basically they were, so they somehow got the names of a bunch of different Star Trek fans or sci-fi fans that like normally attend conventions and stuff. So they were hopefully looking for people that had really awesome costumes, which I do. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a really awesome Ooh. Star Trek costume that's like, it's like technically correct. It's like one of the actual mm-hmm type costumes that they use on Star Trek Voyager. You are and such a trek. I know I am. I'm such oh. a geek. And so yeah, I'm not that geek, they, they <laughs> paid me extra for having my own costume. And, of course, yeah. they, the makeup artist did amazing. They turned me into a Vulcan one day, which was really awesome. And um, yeah, see, that's cool. so that's I, cool. I spent all these long hours on the set. And, you know, it's like funny thing about movies is like they'll collect like a hundred times the the scene footage that they need, oh, and, yeah. and and yep. the majority of it ends up on the cutting room floor. Mm-hmm. But I actually did make it into the extended cut version of the movie that you can get on DVD when they're first coming into the sci-fi convention. And if you look way off in the background, there's like a ice cream stand there. I am at that ice cream stand. And well, there you for go. For a moment, I'm actually in the movie. If you ever wondered what Rebecca looked like, see the movie Paul extended <laughs> director's cut. In the beginning, she's by the ice cream stand. That's right. And there we were go. we were eating the ice cream. There actually was ice cream there. <laughs> we noticed there's a really ice cream in here, the so we were serving best gig we, ever. We were serving it up to everybody. It's like, well, that's what we're supposed to be doing here, so we're going to serve it up and make it look real. Oh my! Heck yeah, you might as well. I that's mean. right. So? It's not like they let you talk, so you might as well make it look right. Right? Yeah, you can't yeah. talk, or you got to get a you got to get a SAG uh, membership. Uh, yeah, are you kidding? They come around like doing the finger at you every time you even whisper. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. They just want Breaking you mining. That's all they want you doing. Yeah, Breaking Bad was notorious for that. I was in the Loveless scene after the, uh-huh. the one cop got shot, and I'm down there, and oh, I was talking to the the black head guy. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So, a polo chicken dude. Mm-hmm. He was awesome. He was really cool. He was like, dude, tell me this. I'm like, okay. I say that. Oh, here comes Cranston just freaking like livid. If he had hair, it would have been on fire. <laughs> oh, boy. You know, so, I, at, was, at the time when that was... At the time when that was going on, I was still going to college. Mm. I was going to ITT Technical College. Mm. And one of my teachers actually was an extra on Breaking Bad. Oh, and there's boy. a scene where he actually walked through the scene. He was a cop when they were investigating some crime scene. Um, but you never saw his face. You saw his back, and you saw when he walked by. But he, he told us, he said, that's me. <laughs> yeah, they did that to me a, a lot of times. Like I said, I was there through three seasons. And I wow. was always an APD officer. Oh, wow. So you were funny an officer, is, too. Yeah, funny thing is, first time we did it, we were down having a smoke, me and a couple of the other extras, and somebody actually came up and asked me about the parking meters that had yellow covers over them. Wait, I guess that was pretty they, impressive. Cause they I thought you were a real cop? They really did. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I went with it. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? I told them, well, you know, that's obviously traffic's not really my department, sir, but... Um, <laughs> Well, obviously. <laughs> good, ju- good job. Good job. <laughs> yeah, the other two extras, they were dressed up as like FBI agents, and they were just freaking dying. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. man, you should have said, oh, you know, traffic's, yeah. not, traffic's not my department, but we're in the homicide department, so you might want to step back. 
That's funny. Oh my god. That, that, that particular day, that was the first time I'd ever been on set, and I didn't know you don't take the prop guns with you. Yeah, yeah. So I actually still had the prop gun in the holster and the whole thing. I, was <laughs> crazy, so I had the haircut Oh, my goodness. Yeah, back in the day. Oh, how cool. <clears throat> wow. I just, wow. We were talking about that, but anyway, let's get back on subject, that, that whole thing with the board. Uh-huh. Yes. My goodness, I, I mean, they keep playing the same four movies, and they've been doing this for the last few weeks. And so they're kind of ingrained in my mind right now. And I'm thinking, holy mackerel. If you put it all together, the lockdown, that you must take this vaccination. Right. All the stuff, all the Bill Gates craziness that we've heard, which I, you know, I believe. I don't think it's conspiracy theory anymore. Well, they want to they I mean, inject you with something that you have no idea what it really is, and they want to put... Uh, Attachments on your body. They want a. Uh, they want your uh, a thing on your face. You know, I'm good just the way I am. I mean, I uh, I'm happy the way I am. I don't want to be assimilated. Oh, sorry, I don't want to be assimilated. You know what? I will not comply. We had a Bible study at our Thanksgiving. Okay. Good for you. Did not social distance, but we had a very nice Bible study. Bravo. One of the points that came up was, you know, I was asked a question, and I said, "Well, look, here's exactly how I think." You've got to remember, God granted us free will. Mm-hmm. Yes, that he did. We are allowed to make our own decisions concerning our lives. Good, bad, the other, doesn't matter. That's on us. Yep. It's on That's each right. and every one of us. And I try to make, you know, I mess up every, every now and then, but I try to make the best of that every day. And, you know, it's amazing. The more you try, the better it is. <clears throat> That's you true. You know, the forget crazy MLG. She really doesn't bear on my day-to-day thing if I don't let her. That's right. Well, that's that's true, and that's what we've been saying all along. If people all refuse yeah. to comply, she has no power. I'm with you 100%. Yeah. yeah. The idiots, the compliant morons who've been indoctrinated for all these years, I hate to say it, and it sounds so mean about it, but that's how it is. Solalinsky calls those the useful like, idiots. Useful idiots. Yep. Thank you, yes. Um, I've heard that term a million times, so I was trying to come up with a new one. But and you know, like, it's going to take us... It's going to take us weeks to go through all these. Oh, I know. We're only going to be able to do one. We've only done one today, and it took us hours. Yes, it's so freaking applicable. It is still applicable. It is. So maybe on our next show, we'll work on the number two. Yeah, there we go. Well, you know, he brings up brings up a really good point, though. Um, God gives us free will, and you know, God is God, right? He created us. He's our creator. He He loves us no matter what. He gave us free will. He didn't force us to comply. He didn't force us to follow him, yet here's MLG and she's up here and we have to comply. That's right. Think about that for a minute. See how that goes in with the board? Right. She's she's basically telling us resistance Uh, is futile. futile. Right. Yeah. You you will be assimilated. You will be part of the collective. You will will be masked. You will be locked down. You, you will take an injection. Probably is coming. You will. Be, you, you will. You will. You will. Uh, what, what's the word? You are either essential or you're not essential, and you will comply. Right. And you know, I'll be you're not essential. You Chinese, get tossed aside. Some crazy Chinese AI tells me that I'm not essential. Dude, I'm a, I've been a plumber for a very long time. I'm pretty darn essential because I've never seen a computer unclog hmm. your toilet. 
Well, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and you know, I bet you I think I bet you think you're pretty essential, don't you? Well, I've seen computerized toilets, but I've never <laughs> seen one actually work. And yeah, you're darn right, I'm essential, and everybody around me is. Yeah, dude, you're pretty essential. We're all essential. We, Everybody's essential. That's right. What you do. Every essential. business. If if your business puts food on your table and a roof over your head, that's called essential. That's right. Thank you. Yeah. And guess what? If you're doing that, somebody else is getting it from you. That's it, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not as many, you know, I don't want the government to control me because the government can't really do anything correctly. Yeah, no, they can't. It's like we were saying yeah. earlier. What does the governor produce? I mean, in government yeah. or governor? Or governor. She doesn't. She doesn't produce she didn't anything. Produce anything. They, they, Maybe they, some gas. Produce, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, in, you know, yeah, in state New Mexico, yeah, they produce a lot of that. Yeah, <laughs> we do. Some well, of it's more useful and they than pro- others. And they produce I mean, a lot of hot air too. Look, you know, if we could just put them on the lower level of the Thunderdome then maybe we could use the gas that they produce. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know what I'm talking about, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> we don't need another hero, baby. <laughs> That's right. You know. So, don't get those two dudes together because that, that's just creepy. So maybe maybe that's why maybe that's why the hot air balloons are so popular here is is so many of the politicians are just full of hot air that it's there's so much to go around you don't even have to pay for it. Uh, you know I love this guy. I'm dying. <laughs> I love him too. As, as a plumber, I happen to know something about natural gas. And, uh, uh, you know, Jaybird comes up with some good ones. You don't even have to drill for that. <laughs> so you got to love our beans and green chili. That's, you know. <laughs> That's why everyone's hoarding the green chili. That's right. Guaranteed, you might need to fill up your petrol tank. <laughs> oh, my God. Or, you know, I mean, you might be able to run the water heater for a shower off of a nice... You know, red chili enchilada that we heard about earlier. <laughs> that sounded phenomenal. I love it. Carolyn, he called in. Carolyn should be a the drill instructor. I'm telling you. Yes, yes, that she woman, should. Yeah, yeah. That woman is the bomb. Grandma drill instructor. <laughs> I'm telling you, she'd be telling you. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my god! Well, Jared, if you aren't oh, already, you better be on RocketDoc.chat because you got a lot to add, buddy. That's right. Oh my gosh! I love you guys. I mean, you know, it's just really nice to be around, like you know, functionally brave people. Isn't it great? I like that. Functionally you know brave. I like it. Functionally brave. Yeah. Oh, yeah. thank you, Jared. Yeah. That that's like the best compliment we've gotten. Well, you know, I just kind of look at my life is my own, and nobody's going to tell me how to live my life, Mm -hmm. period. Hey, in 1991, I was a heavy metal singer, and yeah, I believe totally what what you just said. Cool. It's my own. You know, Lord, is there nothing you haven't done? Is there anything you haven't done? He's multi-talented, isn't he? Extra heavy metal singer, plumber. (laughs) I understand that, I believe it's Natalie, right? You're half Filipino? Yes. Okay, well, see, my fiancé of the last 16 years is Filipino. Wow, so you got good and, taste. And she's, she's a 
I'm not going to drop any names, okay? But she was a big-time singer in the 80s in the Philippines. And oh, God bless wow. that I met her. She has taken me all over the world. How cool. I'm with her as her security guy. Because my only and, question then is, why has she been your girlfriend so long? Uh, uh, haven't Why haven't you made her your wife yet? Yeah. She well, sounds like she's a good catch. What is that the famous line, that line of wisdom from Beyonce? Put a ring on it. <laughs> no, it's not quite like that. You, you should know as, as a Filipino-American that um, until your daughters are married, they don't get out of the house. She has three. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, so it's a tradition so thing. Okay. That's good. There's, well. still, there's still one left in the house, and my rescue pit bull does not get along with other dogs. She still has two dogs. It's a myriad of things. <laughs> gotcha. But, gotcha. Well, at least you've kept you her in your thing? life. The, the, Are you kidding? She kept me in hers. Oh, I thank God for her every day. She's nothing that ever happened to me. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what did you guys have for uh, Thanksgiving dinner? Yeah. Well, actually, her daughters really knocked it out of the park. Um, my girlfriend, okay, I'm going to go ahead and just say it, but I can't stop saying Jam. She's the one who made the turkey. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. she did something. I've never seen a turkey fall apart like that. Oh, nice. And it did. It was like the most beautiful thing ever. <laughs> oh, I think I know daughters, what she did. The daughters, yeah, I bet she do. Yeah. It, it must be like a Filipino thing. I'm not really sure. It, it's, it, it, she it probably is. used the same technique on it as for lechon. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, oh, I, she brined it. <gasps> you know, I, I, you I, that. I absolutely In love the, Filipino food. Especially like adobo. Oh my god, I love oh, adobo. Oh really? You love adobo? I love adobo. I didn't know you liked adobo. Yes. I I'd have made you adobo. Oh by my now. god, make me some. I'll I'll eat it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, see Jared Jared knows what we're talking about. I bet you I bet oh, you lumpia. That's what I missed this year. It was lumpia. We normally have uh my my mom and I usually make like a, a batch of like two or three hundred uh lumpia. Uh, oh, yeah. To have over the holidays between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah, I like adobo and I like milkfish too. Have you ever tried oh, that? Yeah. Oh yeah, milkfish. Oh my God, that's the tastiest fish ever. Yep. Oh, oh, yeah. I still have a problem with the century egg thing. I was in the Philippines a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, the, the duck yeah, egg. That was kind of, the, yeah, that that was kind of odd. <laughs> it it it's an acquired <laughs> taste. Um, I haven't exactly but, acquired you know, it, but I can stand it. About it. I love everything else about it. Yeah, it's, it's great. Cool, cool. Well, thank. We got to get to another caller, but thank you yeah, so much for calling, Jared. Thank you so much for your time. Um, it's the first time I've called in something like this. I well, definitely, call, definitely call in again. And Ben, and keep recruiting great. people for us. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're doing an awesome yeah, job. I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm pretty antisocial. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see what I can do for you. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so yeah, much. You too, you too, Jared, thank you. our pl- resident plumber slash movie extra plus slash rock star he- slash uh, heavy metal singer. All right, who else we got in the Kiva? It's uh, David uh, David Olson. A couple comments on what you're saying. Oh, I'm in Breaking Bad too. The very, 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 very first episode. Oh, oh cool. my gosh! This I, world is so. I love that show. I watched it from beginning to ending. I, it's like I watched the first couple of episodes and I just couldn't pull away from it after that. <laughs> wow! Wow! Oh my gosh! It's such a small. Well, what do you got on your mind today, David? 
Um, just what, what you put on my mind. And, uh, first of all, we all, it seems like we all talk like victims, like, uh, oh, the left won the election, so now they're going to do to us whatever they want to do to us. But we forget that the founding documents of this country tell us that, that we, the people, are the ultimate authority and that government is only in power and telling us what to do as, as long as their powers are just. That's and right. And when they're no longer just, we can withdraw our consent and dissolve the government and replace it with one that is just. It says it right in our founding document. Right. So, yeah. Just like and if they pass a law that is unconstitutional, we are not required to follow that law. Right. And so that's a perfect segue to my to number two of three is that for those of you out there that are in government jobs where you get paid to enforce stuff like this, mm-hmm. um, be, be reminded, and everybody should be taking this attitude and reminding these people of this, that um, if you enforce unlawful laws, we are going to be filming you. We're going to be, we're going to know who you are. And when it's all over, we're going to hold you accountable just like Nazis that followed orders. They oh, the Nuremberg trials. You know, yeah. those people we were, were war just, criminals. Um, they yeah. they violated people's civil rights, they crimes against humanity, and all that stuff. And it's like, yeah, that's right. And right. if if this thing goes really, really bad, uh, you people need to think about where you're going to be when justice is reasserted. Right. right? So, yeah. What side, exactly. of, what side of history are you going to be on here? Not, well, not just what side of history. We are going to remember who you are because we're making notes as to who you are. And if you enforce illegal uh, orders against us, when it's all over, you had better hope you won because if you didn't win, we're coming for you. Yep. And we're going to have yeah, we're going to have trials. We're going to put you on trial for your crimes. So just for those of you that enforce stuff, just remember that. And the, la- the last thing that I wanted to, to comment on what you said is that um, uh, earlier in your day you were talking about the, these COVID uh, enforcements, whatever. But uh, the, there are a couple statutory acts that were enacted by the legislature giving the governor uh, power to do these health-related lockdowns. You have one. You have one caller. I think his name is David as well, who calls in from time to time, pointing out that in one of the two orders, the, there's language that says that she must respect our civil liberties while she's uh, doing her health yes. uh, order administration, which which obviously she's violating it. But there's another thing that that I, I've not heard anybody else cite besides myself that obviously the New Mexico Constitution came before and is controlling over those statutory acts that she, that she is using. And in, if you Google New Mexico Constitution emergency powers, there's a section in there oh, titled emergency powers. That's right. And, and, it, and it didn't deal uh, specifically with, with uh, didn't have a clause in there saying when there's a, a virus and there's a health issue, but, but it basically does cover it. it, it it's uh, more geared towards emergency possibly stemming from war, but it's not strictly limited to that. It's, the language is more broad than that. But what's notable in there is it says when the the government has the power, I mean, the governor has the power to do give these orders as necessary, but they, 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 she has to then, if she's going to do that, she has to call into session within whatever it is, seven days in that case, yep. a special session of the legislature so that they can 
consult on this, and and I, I would argue that if you write any health order acts like she is standing on, uh, that those acts have to be perfectly congruent with the Constitution. And the Constitution says when you're in, uh, ordering emergency powers that you must involve the legislature. So I would argue that these health order acts are illegal until they're revised to include the legislature. Yep, I, I found it here. I will include the link to this in our notes as well, David. But yes, the New Mexico Constitution, Article 4, uh, Chapter 2, Emergency Powers, upon the declaration of a disaster emergency, the chief executive of these states shall within seven days call a special session of the legislature, which shall remain in continuous session during the disaster emergency and may recess from time to time for more than three days. Well, that would definitely give us incentive. If this is is not a disaster emergency, then Mm -hmm. what is it? Precisely. Yeah, there is no disaster emergency going on. There isn't. Yeah, right. Yeah, disaster emergency Mm -hmm. is defined as a period when damage or injury to persons or property in this state caused by enemy attack is of such magnitude that a state of martial law is declared to exist in this state. And I would argue that she's actually already de facto declared martial law. She just did it, um, unfortunately, unlawfully under the public health emergency uh, banner. And a disaster emergency is declared by the chief executive officer of the United States and chief executive officer of this state. Yeah. Yeah. And the legislature has not declared by joint resolution that the disaster emergency is ended. Yeah. She was supposed to include the legislature on a lot of a lot of this decision making stuff. She was never supposed to be able to just renew public health orders and utilize the same language. It was supposed to be different each time, and and if she wanted to go further than three days, it's supposed to be ratified by the legislature. Now, thank you so much for pointing that out, David. I appreciate that. I found the link to it on uh, codesfindlaw.findlaw.com, and I will include that link so that everybody else can look that up. And again, don't take our word for it. Look at it yourself. Um, This emergency powers section it exists. It's in the New Mexico Constitution, and David is absolutely correct. The New Mexico Constitution is supposed to be the supreme law of the land in New Mexico. And that comes before any statutes, before any uh, city codes, before any mandates, etc., etc., etc. So, thank you, David, again. Thank you so much to all of our callers today look for our annotated uh notes on the rock of talk okay and i want to add that next week we are going to be pre-recorded because natalie's going to be out of town for some personal business Mm -hmm. okay but listen to us and just remember resistance is not futile that's right everyone Stay You're free. To Fox News, ABQ.FM, K229CL, 93.7 FM, and AM 1600, KIVA, Albuquerque.